0: Welcome everyone to Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar journey where we watch everything Pixar has ever made and we talk about what it means to us. I'm Mark Young and with me as always is Danny Vincent and with Danny for this very special episode is a guest. Guest, would you mind telling us what your name is? Mark, Mark's realizing
1: in the moment he does not know your last
0: name. That's, that's what this is. Well, I feel that's like I've sold when, it pretty well. That's what happens Never when mind. we
1: don't introduce like that. <laughs>
2: That's fair. That's fair. Hi, I'm Michaela Meyer.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, Um, I will introduce Michaela if that's unless Michaela, do you really want to introduce yourself? No. Okay, that's fine. Michaela is my best friend, going way back to high school. This is actually um, a little bit of a crossover episode because Mark has never met Michaela, and ergo, this is one of those moments where like someone who's been I've been really close with. Like, since high school being I mean, someone I've been really close with since college. And it's like, whoa,
0: it's
1: mm-hmm. crazy. So, kind of like, I guess, when your brother was on, <laughs> kind
0: of, yeah, in some yeah. other way. And then we had, and then we had a, a second guy we had that, that was with his friend that you never knew.
1: <laughs> that was our sort of episode, if you want to check that out, Michaela. So,
0: does do, Michaela, do you also go to Costco?
2: You know, actually, I don't have a Costco membership. My boyfriend does, and I've been trying to convince him to take me at some point. Um, but I haven't mm. been to Costco. I guess I went a year ago when I was visiting a friend for her graduation. But At yeah, Costco?
0: Yes, yeah, she, she graduated graduate from me, the but... University
2: of Costco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great school. Wow. Great law school. She learned how to <laughs> make
1: the cheap patisserie chickens.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Powerful
1: organization.
2: There, maybe there is a Costco university. I, I guess. feel like There's someone has you know to make the
1: chickens. If, by the way, if the listeners can't tell, I like pointing us out, whenever are do doing? Me and Michaela are in the same room. Which means Mark's all Mark's <laughs> left out of this Sorry, Mark.
0: That's okay. I'm I can't get all the way to Pittsburgh or whatever you I, I you're am at.
1: hoping when I visit Pittsburgh. you for Barbie Oppenheimer we can just record an episode which is just the two of us in the same room. I'm hoping. It's so
0: funny that you're referring to that as visiting me for Barbie Oppenheimer. When we are not going to, to Barbie was... Oppenheimer. Was you told me you were coming into town, and then I asked you if it was to do that with me, and then you said no. You're meeting some friends, would you put you up in their homes.
1: <laughs>
3: well, no, you,
0: I said, Mark, I, I'm, I'm welcome to
1: have a plus one to it. You're welcome to have a plus one to Barbie Oppenheimer if you'd like to. But you're also, you told me I don't know those people, so I don't want to be there. So it's, which is valid. That's a very valid take.
0: <laughs> I don't know what y'all are gonna do. Like, are you just going to see Barbie Oppenheimer, or are you going to like do a dinner in other between.
1: We're probably going to mm-hmm. see Oppenheimer, get dinner, watch Barbie. I think that's the plan. By the way, the other day when I visited my dad on the way here to Pittsburgh, I referred to this event, and I called it Oppenheimer, and he got very mad at me because he's like, that's not his name, it's Oppenheimer, and I was like, okay, Dad, yeah, calm down. I'm sure I'm sure at some point in this three-hour-long movie, there's a point where someone walks up to Killian Murphy and goes, hey, Oppenheimer, and he's like, it's Oppenheimer. I'm sure that happens in this
2: Title drop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> What was the what was the thing I saw recently that had title drop? that? Oh, you know, it's in the new Little Mermaid movie. There are two separate moments where someone goes, oh, my little mermaid. And it reminded me of Little Women. When Bob Odenberg goes, oh, my little women.
0: Oh, that's funny. Someone made that joke and I, I saw that. I didn't know there was actually it something that happened in the movie.
1: Because in the movie, there's like this thing where there's a memento little statue. When Ariel doesn't have her voice that she picks up, like in Eric's little... Library. He's like, oh, you found my Little Mermaid, didn't you? And then Danny goes, oh, my Little Mermaid her again. <laughs> so, Michaela, I want to Spoilers, ask- I guess, for the
0: Little Mermaid. <laughs> I want to ask you, Michaela, you know, I know that Danny, when he was reaching out to people, gave people a list of things, of movies that they could pick. And I wondered why you wanted to come on for Toy Story 3.
2: I actually don't feel like I got I, much of an option. She didn't, get a, she
1: didn't get a choice because we have a lot of personal stories about Toy Story 3 that we'll get into in the bulk of the episode. We, Michaela and I, to tease a little bit, Michaela and I purposely uh, designed um, the destruction of a high school club where this movie had a very pivotal part of it. So... okay. Uh,
2: Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think it was... I don't even remember when you asked me. It feels like it was so long ago. I think it was weird.
1: literally when we were conceiving the podcast. I was like, can I mark you down for Toy Story 3?
2: Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> That's right, because you were originally going to do it at a different time. I don't remember. Like, it was indeed, literally like... like
1: yeah, it was, I think I literally asked you like last summer, Like, would yeah. you be available for Toy Story 3? And you're like, I don't know if I'll have a mic. And I was like, well... And then... When we saw Megan in January, I was like, well, if I can visit you on World Day, that will be right around when we're doing Toy Story 3 anyway, so I can just bring my mic and we'll record it then. Yes. So.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: so, Michaela well, didn't get
1: a choice because she's personally involved in Toy Story
0: 3. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were select for a reason. What's your history with Pixar?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's very unique necessarily, but I guess I've seen most of the movies. I realized the other day that I actually still haven't seen wall uh, you should see it wow. we're, we're we're a
1: very big <laughs> fan of wally on this podcast huge fan yeah
0: the mature rewatch has been very positive for okay. wally yeah okay it's,
1: mm-hmm. well we have a whole episode on it but it is really great it's like a, it's one of those things where i the thing i kept saying on this podcast is even as a pixar podcast where we love or, or at least i love pixar i think mark's like likes pixar a lot too but i'm the one who loves it uh i remember being like this kind of transcends what a pixar movie is and that says a lot coming from me who doesn't consider Pixar being like having a limit to where it can go, you know, but it doesn't really follow the tropes, yeah, which is what makes it cool.
2: But growing up as a kid, I definitely feel like the Pixar movies were some of my favorites. Like I remember, I can still remember going to see Finding Nemo when it came out in theaters. And that wasn't something that I often did as a kid, go see movies in theaters. Um, So that was pivotal. I remember my grandma getting me like the Incredibles DVD for Christmas one year and like the Game Boy Advance game also one year Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like in general, like Pixar movies have just been some of my favorites all the time. And I feel like they also, uh, maybe age well isn't necessarily always the right word, but like... They're easy for you to watch as a kid and as you grow up in life as well.
1: I'm looking up something. Don't worry. That's Michaela's like Danny. Where are you going, Letterbox right now? I'm looking up something <laughs> related to what we're talking about. Don't worry.
2: Okay. I was like, Are you fact checking me on my
1: no? <laughs> no. I'm curious because I remember I was like, What ones have we seen together? But I have my with oh, Michaela tag. Yes. So I'll just do that really quick. But keep talking, Mark. Yeah, keep asking yeah. questions, Mark. <laughs> Why I check? Well,
0: them? so did did you? You said you weren't like a big go to the theater person. Did you watch them on DVD mostly? Mark, we're old. It was the VHS.
2: Good yes. Yeah. It goes into the, yeah.
0: Well, Good I the VHS or whatever. Good Mark point. Is not yeah. Not much yeah, than actually, that. Now, that you... <laughs> but,
2: yeah. now that you say this, when I went home for spring break back in March, my mom was like, You got to look through all of these movies and figure out which ones you want and which ones you don't want. And you need to take the ones back with you that you want. And we're getting rid of everything else. And some of the movies that I think are potentially being. Uh, donated somewhere are the Toy Story and Toy Story 2 VHS tapes purely because I don't even think we have a VCR anymore that we have access to. So yeah, I watched those a lot. Those were actually, actually, the Toy Story franchise has been one of my favorites for Pixar. But yeah, I think most of the others I probably did see <laughs> the until exact I was like, in date We watched
1: it from the club on here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll get into that. Um, it looks like Michaela and I saw together Monsters, You at the Drive-In. Oh, we gosh, saw... Yeah. Um, Wow. Sausage Party which is not a Pixar movie I just have it sorted to animation but I know we I, I remember we'd seen Coco and I remembered we'd seen Incredibles 2 um, but I think those are it for in theaters yeah it looks like mm. and then obviously I'll tag you for this with Michaela when I logged this particular watch of Toy Story yes 3. and with torts yeah with torts uh, we're
2: dog sitting for yeah. my friend Meg uh, very cute this dog
1: very, yes. I should honestly you. send you if Meg gives permission I should send you a picture you of the dog you should send a picture of the dog we can put it in so the episode can... picture Meg and <laughs> yeah,
0: I think would love to, that we like, user interaction <laughs> He's a very
1: cute dog. He's also very
0: mm-hmm. nice. I really like him. <laughs> Torts yeah, is really, really good. really like selling the dog. <laughs> oh, great. yeah.
2: I mean, D- Danny even earlier today, which I feel like is a common statement that is made around Torts. Uh, Torts is like 15 pounds. He's a mutt. Uh, but Danny was like, I feel like I have never really liked small dogs that much. Like, he's not a huge fan now, of small
1: Nowadays, dogs. I'm not a fan of small do- I wouldn't want to own a small dog now. But I, w- I, I love inception. small dogs growing up. Mm-hmm. But now that I live with one with my aunt, I hate that dog. Which we can get into someday, but I don't really want to at the moment.
0: <laughs> I didn't even. Oh, I forgot that you had a dog that lived with you when you were recording. Well, I don't know how you missed case.
1: that. Half the time you have to edit out the barks. <laughs> so,
0: Michaela, what do you think of the Pixar brand? Like, I know that you have a relationship as a kid, but when you hear the word Pixar, what like pops into your brain?
2: I don't think I've ever thought of this before. I feel like.
1: I should have given you a prep. Well, don't. I, would <laughs> say, don't think... I should have warned you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I made a joke there beforehand where I was like, all right, so I want to have this on the record, even though Mark will probably get annoyed I say it, is that we're, in a way, at least for me, somewhat purposely recording this during the ser- series finale of Succession, because I will not be able to watch it until I get back home to Chicago, and I don't want to be tempted by, like, the live reacts, Um and I was like, it'd be really funny if we asked... Because Michaela has seen like, the first five episodes of Succession and asked her who she thinks wins. But then she's like, I don't remember any of their names. So I'm like, oh, okay. So that bit's dead. But... I prepped her for that, but not for, like, <laughs> not for the questions that you ask every single show. Great. Well, I mean, I didn't remember about one that I know Mark will ask that's not an outline. Oh, but...
0: yeah. Well, you always have to... Rem- I'm, we should yeah. put that on the outline because I always forget that that's something I like to ask. <laughs> Don't think too hard about the Pixar question because I. I think people are nervous because it's kind of like you can see it as kids media. And if the first thing that pops in your brain is that it's kids media. And I can't say that on Danny's podcast. Danny's on Pixar. Right here, like... No,
2: no. I mean, if I did <laughs> like... think that I wouldn't be worried about it. No, I mean, I guess like that kind of goes into like, like I almost think of maybe not for all of them, but I almost think of like just good storytelling to a certain degree. And when I think of Pixar movies, um, and maybe some of that connects back to what I was saying earlier about, like, I feel like if you watch them as a kid or even now, like rewatching all of them, um, I feel like the storytelling is what makes it accessible for many generations to be watching it.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Good, good answer, good answer. Yeah, you Mika- have Michaela did a Speech and Debate, too. We'll talk about uh. that. <laughs> that. That will come up, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: Well then, let's get to let's get through the tech, question, ba- tech details about. Oh, Ask that's well, whatever. Have question. you seen turning red, Michaela?
2: Yes, I have seen turning red. Mark asks
1: everyone that question. It's a very important question. I actually
2: watched that on my flight to Seoul last year, so I watched it on a. Did you watch
0: Seoul on the flight to Seoul? Wow! <laughs> I did <not>. Come on, <laughs> I know missed opportunity. off brand. <laughs> Another question which we don't have on our outline is would you go to see a Pixar movie in the theaters now?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you okay. would have
1: probably
0: seen Churning Red
1: if it had gotten a release, right? Yeah,
2: I would have. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what other newer ones. Like, I saw... It... Well,
1: Luca and Soul were both put on put on the plus by the right. mouse. We saw Coco and Incredibles 2 together, so... Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like you would have also probably seen... Yeah, I think... And maybe not Luca, but I feel like you would have probably gone to see Soul. I probably would have dragged you to it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mm-hmm.
0: We saw Note okay, last I year. Ah, uh, classic Pixar movie, right. Note. Well, yeah. I didn't know if it was like one of those things where you <laughs> well, like the movies together. But that was my Oh,
2: example. no, no, that's fair. That's a fair question. I also feel like it could be one of those things where you like the movies but just wait for them to come out on Disney Plus. But I don't have Disney Plus, and so that's not the only reason. I genuinely just think, like, hearing the Pixar brand associated with a movie, I probably would be at least, like, I guess I still don't even go and see movies all that often in theaters, but. I feel like if I had the time, that would be like a movie that would make it then towards the top of my list.
0: You know what we need to talk about? Toy Story 3. Toy Story, Toy Story. And
1: Toy Story 2. Special edition first time on the blue. Simple mathematics of a trilogy. Part 1, Part 2. Let's do Part 3. I don't know if you remember Where, that, Mark. get from that? Our... No. No, I thought I did it before on this podcast. Okay, so in the build-up to Toy Story 3... Uh, actually, Michaela and I might have a story a about this in relation. Uh, Michael's like, do we? Um, they re-released the first Toy Story movies, first one and two, as a double feature in 3D in October of 2009, and it like had the trailer exclusively attached to this double feature. And but anyway, I that was the ad they had on Disney Channel where they like had a rap for it's like, go see this re-release, kids. Um, And I went to it. The reason I say it, because if you remember, we had that Danny's Movie Club thing where we would all... It was something that was sold as a democracy, but it was really an oligarchy, Uh, where we would vote on the movies to see, and... I would basically like, I would give, so the thing was, would be like, I would give dumb, I would give a couple of real options, like a yeah. couple things I was in, but then I would give dummy options to them, like, please, like, don't pick those toys. And if they picked something I didn't pick, I'd be like, all right, well, you guys can go to Danny's Movie club about Danny. I'm not spending my money on that. Yeah. Uh, the reason I bring this up is I feel like this probably happens. I think if I remember right, I could Google this. Uh, no, no, it wouldn't because this was before Toy Story 3. So maybe this was before you joined, because I did it in middle school too.
2: Right.
1: Um, but I'm thinking of when the Lion King re release came out. And we got in a big fight over it. Yes. Because you refused to see, you didn't want to see it. And it like, I think it tied our vote with Contagion. Yes, I and I it, went to see Contagion. I was literally yeah. just
2: thinking of this when you were talking about the movie yeah. club.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was my whole thing is uh, I went to go see, uh, I didn't want to see Contagion. I mean, it's not that I don't want to see Contagion. It's that I want to see The Lion King, uh, and basically, Mikhail was like, "That's a baby movie." I don't know if you actually said that. <laughs> the words
3: I again. didn't
2: remember that it was necessarily. I mean, it was maybe dramatic because I said that. I, was I think real. it was more <laughs> driven by the fact that back then, especially, and even still now, sometimes I feel like if I can watch the movie at home, I maybe don't have the same association as you. like I know that you sometimes I specifically want to, to see movies like the in theaters, in theaters. Yeah. and I'm more just like, well, I want to see it like. And at the point that Lion King had already been out and I could just watch it at home, I wasn't yeah. like, oh, I like have to go and see this in theaters. I also didn't have, like, I like Lion King, but I didn't have that close of an attachment to it. I will
1: say, it. though, uh, Michaela, and maybe I've texted you during when this happened, but uh, I hope you saw Avatar on the re release. No. <laughs> I figured you didn't. But <laughs> Avatar in 3D is better than Avatar at home. That's all. Is, uh, it, I, did I tell you about that, actually? I saw it, oh, no, it this, and the listeners that. No, it's not a I saw that three times <laughs> in the re release, and it was only out for like three weeks. I saw it three times. And then I saw Avatar two four times.
2: I still haven't seen Avatar two.
1: Okay, well it's Rip. I'm well. Well, you you missed it. <laughs> I like, know. That's I something know. where you
2: really should. I had to be like you. You
1: just said like I don't like wow, to get homework too. Wow, way like,
0: too. I just had like a <laughs> I just had a thought as someone who like liked it fine. I did have that moment in my stomach where I was like, oh no, <laughs> you you've missed the window to see like the ultra. You Frame gotta see it in 3D. That's really of, it. Like, yeah, yeah. Weird. No, and
2: I, I had heard that, and I truly believed it. It was one of those things where I just didn't have the time. Yeah. So it wasn't. like We should have seen it instead else. of Megan, but not
1: really. I was fine seeing Megan. I'm, That's fine. But seeing, we saw Megan at the a janky theater. It was really fun. <laughs> was they like might an put alley out the the same, like the great
0: version in five years, you know, with the next movies coming out. That's true. Go. they're probably gonna so.
1: put them out every time. That's a new. So movie. I'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> Go see mm-hmm. one and two back to back. I'm sure they'll, they'll do it like the Toy Story. I'll <laughs> be like, Avatar 1, Avatar 2, Special Edition. Wait, you Wait. know what? I just realized the rap is first time on the blues. So I guess it was for the Blu-ray release which happened after the 3D re-release. But regardless. I'm trying to like, <laughs>
0: fact check yeah. you on this rap. But It's I think real.
1: That- but I realize it can't be about the 3D re-release because the lyrics are Special Edition first time on the blues. That's about the first time they were on Blu-ray. So, mm-hmm. but I think they had the 3D re-release and they, we talked about this actually during our Toy Story, either one or two episodes, this is how the DVDs and Disney Plus have the re-renders for the 3D. Because they had to re-render the movie so they could just, instead of like doing a painful 3D conversion, they could just re-render it and put it through their 3D software they had available for them for Up and Toy Story 3. Gotcha. But yeah. Anyway, we can talk about Toy Story <laughs> 3 now if you want. My mom, my Mark. Okay. Are you still back-checking me? Great, sorry, I, was, I found the rap,
0: and it drowned you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it has, like, the slowest introduction ever, and you can tell that it's got some of that, like, we know how to light things because we've worked on a set, but it's just got some awkward vibes in the beginning. I don't know. Toy Story rap? Yeah. Hmm?
1: what are you talking about what the rap rap. rap. okay (laughs) yeah
0: i watched i watched a bit of the music video for the rap anyway toy story 3 uh toy story 3 you know i guess so it is but whatever it's the first Pixar sequel in over 10 years yeah i mean they had to like figure out how to render trash bags that was a big deal
1: there's a lot of cool stuff in this. I think uh, one thing I was going to say about this, I guess I could save this for the... But we, I'm pretty sure we watched this on a 4K TV, which is the first time I've ever watched this, like any of these on a 4K thing, which I think Coco on it would be gorgeous. But anyway, um, it really puts into... And I'm sure we'll talk about this when we actually, after I'm actually done introing the movie, but like the radical leap forward in visual fidelity from 1999 of Toy Story 2 to 2010
0: of Toy Story 3. I suppose... I feel like watching Toy Story 3 because maybe it was kind of it was approaching like this uncanny valley place for me where I felt a little more like uh, I see the limitations of this versus watching Owl in Toy Story 2. I'm like, my God, they made a man. <laughs> and that's kind of my thought about all of Toy Story 2 is it's just kind of like, well, this looks how it looks, but like it it all works, you know. Alright I was just gonna say nothing in Toy Story Three comes close to the like love of the image as much as the fixing Woody scene in Toy Story Two, mm-hmm. which you see later in Wally 2 when they're flying through space. Can't wait and for Wally, Wally 2. I don't know, it's just Sorry. It. yeah. Who, wait, you said Wally 2. Dead. I was like, Yeah,
1: Wally 2. Can't wait. <laughs> bring it bring it on, Pixar. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Do
3: it. I dare no, not but fucking anyway. dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway.
0: This is not a. Oh yeah, welcome. Also, Michaela, we never talked about this. This isn't really a podcast for kids, yeah. Either <laughs> we're so feel free. free.
2: All right, cool.
0: The only time i will be for kids you know. is when my parents guest. <laughs> 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 we won't give that. We won't give that disclaimer when
1: my parents are on. <laughs> we anyway. never do
0: anyway. It just kind of happens one way or another. Anyway, the Toy Story 2010. What a year!
1: Toy Story Three. This is the only time in Pixar's... and This is actually a groundbreaker and still a groundbreaker for Pixar in one way. This is the only time Pixar ever is the domestic highest grossing film. Except for, I guess, 1995. But, <laughs> so... Actually, that might not be... I think, no, no, yeah. I think 1995 I think Toy Story true. is the top domestic grosser. But Toy, uh. the, Toy Story 3 pulling this off in 2010 is a little more impressive to me. That's more like the modern era of what I consider... I also would say something special about Toy Story Three, and we can talk about this more when we get to it. Is I would consider this and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to be the first two legacy sequels of like this whole trend of like you know we go back to this old property and give you a sequel set years later, um, yeah. which is pretty much now even five years after this movie comes out starts dominating the culture with um, you know with Star Wars Force Awakens and Creed coming out in 2015, and it becomes this big dominant and jurassic world uh three of those kind of create this thing where this is now what every big movie is like top gun maverick last year was it um i feel like there's one this summer but i just can't think oh yeah it's 5 uh <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been long enough they can do another legacy sequel um actually you know Have what you else i should get to Jones is scream 4 that just come out Indiana no it Jones premiered 5? at con i haven't seen it because i don't I'm oh, not in oh, france oh. It's got that that and elemental premiered at con and got very mixed reviews, which is just something where it's like, I feel like, well, one, to be fair to elemental premiering there, inside out premiered there. And obviously that went over really well. Um, But like, it's something where I feel like con has built up this reputation, even since 2015, where it's like, you know, you're there for art films, really. Um, The, the most like mainstream movie. It wasn't Top Gun. Well received Top Gun premiered though, before then, like, it basically premiered at CinemaCon first, and then had a world premiere here, and then it screened. In. It's like Fast Nine, Fast and Furious Nine was at Can, but it had already premiered. You know, it's not like people are going to Can to review it, and that's how it was for Top Gun Maverick. People were people were staying here reviewing it and maybe seeing it in Can if you're like local. You know, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. But like being like, no, we're only showing Elemental and Indiana Jones Five at Can is kind of like what like. How do you think this was gonna go? Like, people aren't here. Like, people are here to watch. Like, again, I was about to say the most mainstream movie someone there is to see is the new Wes Anderson, right? Or or the new Scorsese.
0: I yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. I've always kind of thought that Khan was a little more mainstream than that. It's just that we didn't hear about it because the Palme d'Or was often won by some art film. It's well, they like... gave an honorary Palme
1: to Harrison Ford. So yeah. For him. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Can't it's be like, mad I about that.
0: Like I'm not mad about any of it. Well, no, no, um, I was saying anyway. that because
1: um, I was texting Julius when it happened, and Julius was like, "I can't believe they gave him a palm for this movie." I'm like, "Well, it's not really for
0: this movie; it's an honorary palm,
1: which is the Palme d'Or is the the grand prize, basically. I can. Kind
0: of, yeah. Um, but, and I mean, uh, it, the Palme d'Or anyway. is like it was. You know, if people don't know, the Palme d'Or is won by things like Pulp Fiction and Apocalypse Now and Parasite. And, Parasite. Yeah, the big and, one. but also like a lot of other art films it's kind it's neon kind has of the won big the last deal.
1: four did you see that mark the, the one that won this year neon has it it's crazy
0: i did but i i mean are you making a joke because that's what everyone on the internet <laughs> yeah. posts about did it like that? isn't it crazy that yeah um yeah great for them i mean they really know how to pick things that are light <laughs> like, like, like critics <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't know there's something about like the marketability of those films and they're like by established directors and there's just, I mean, they're just, you know, whatever. They're doing a lot of things right. Do you know what did not um, premiere
1: at Cannes, though? Toy Story
0: 3. Yeah, Toy Story and 3. it could have. It came, came out in Con. 2010. Um, yes.
1: Yeah, it came out in 2010. It premiered at actually a film festival, the Te Armina Film Fest in Italy. Um, this was the first film ever to released with Dolby Surround Sound 7.1. Um, it was critically ca- claimed and beloved. I think... A bit of the shine has come off of it since then, probably also due to 4 existing, just, just the inherent active of existence of 4. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't think before that, I feel like there had been a bit of, not a backlash really, but a bunch of people going like, well, the first two are really great, and then there's three, which is good. Um, but I don't know how mainstream that is. Package. That might also just be like, you know, the people who are like, up sucks after the first scene, you know? Which I feel like is a very loud minority.
0: Uh, well, I, isn't, wait, What? What? Isn't that <laughs> what? the consensus? Like, what? we really spend a lot of time talking about Up, but wasn't that the joke of our episode was that there's so much to talk about and very little to, like, there's not a lot actually there?
1: No, but I my argument, we don't need to get it on the skin, the to our episode. My big argument was the actual meat of Up is the Carl Russell relationship. So, mm. and none of that's in the first 10 minutes. So...
0: The protein, the yeah. rip succession. Anyway, 2010.
2: <laughs> what a time.
1: Yeah, um... What a year. This became the highest grossing film of... 20- Actually, you know what? I said domestically. I don't have the 1995 numbers worldwide in front of me, but Toy Story 3 was also worldwide the biggest film in 2010. Um,
0: well, and also about 1995, Batman Forever grossed more that w- year. Worldwide,
1: probably, yeah. Because I do think... I've, I think Toy Story won domestically. But uh. but even regardless, Toy Story 3 had both crowns in 2010. Uh, it's the first anime movie ever to reach a billion dollars. It is the highest grossing animated movie until Frozen and Pixar's highest grosser until Incredibles 2. It won two Oscars. It won Best Animated Feature, obviously. And it won Best Original Song for We Belong Together with Randy Newman's song at the end, which is a very nice little song. And then it also was a famously nominated, it's the last film to be nominated for Best Picture, animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. They have not nominated everyone since Toy Story 3. Hmm. I do think we will get it again because the Academy have gone. Back to the rules that they had in two thousand nine, in two thousand ten, that allowed Toy Story three and up to break through. I just don't know when it will happen. I do think it will eventually happen, though. Again, Uh,
0: Mm -hmm. but I don't have yeah, I don't have a lot of memories seeing this film when it came out. I think I saw it in the theater, and then I saw it once, and that was about all that there was to it. It was such a. It is funny that I looked this up. It's two thousand ten, and two thousand ten, I felt, I feel, is such a big year for film. And for me in film, we had so many directors with a lot of hits, and now their their careers have evolved. In the I next, definitely think like
1: it always surprises me in a way because I I don't have the exact number from you, but if I remember right, like Toy Story three made domestically four hundred and ten million dollars. So that's always what's in my head. It's like it what had made four hundred ten million dollars, and the thing that's interesting to me is if I remember right, Inception. No, sorry, I was gonna say Inception makes three ninety, but Inception makes two ninety. I'm pretty sure, which is still like huge hit but i do think like you know we think about summer 2010 movies i think most people come back to inception you know like yeah. that is the movie that was culturally the biggest movie of 2010 probably i'd have to look at the yeah. christmas release no yeah, well, Christmas was tron legacy which i will
0: actually say that good. maybe like in terms of longevity you have inception but also in 2010 you have the king's speech which was That's- enormous when it came out And I still think is a great film.
1: And then also what it beat at the Oscars, which is The Social Network, which I feel like is still considered, if not definitely Sorkin's best work and argued for Fincher's best work. And also just the movie people talk about all the time whenever there's any, like Blackberry just came out. People are like, is it like The Social Network? Or like, uh, you know, anytime a Sorkin movie comes out, it's like, why isn't this The Social Network? (laughs) Like, why didn't he get David Fincher to do this? (laughs) Or something like that.
0: But, and not to talk too much about the Oscars, which I know you'll do on your other Oscar podcast, The Snub Club. But well, Toy Story 3 does not of,
1: qualify, so...
0: <laughs> oh, well, uh, but, yeah, I don't know what she'll do for 2010, but I can't and speaking of weird honorary awards, this is the year Jean-Luc Godard won an honorary Academy oh, Award, cool. which I just thought was a fun fact. Kayla, do you know
2: you who know, Jean-Luc Godard is? Of, not off the top of my head. It's okay.
1: I feel like Breathless, right? Yeah,
0: I don't know if that's like fact <laughs> would a known director. thing. <laughs> He's he's just he's like he's one of the most famous experimental directors, and he's kind of like famous for being kind of an ass. Okay. Like he's like he's he's like bigger than David Lynch, but you gotta think like what if David Lynch made like gangster movies and was I feel like an also oh, gosh, an important okay. thing
1: for perspective, McKill is Godard started at least twenty years prior to Lynch because like, oh, okay. he started in the 50s right yeah,
0: yeah. he died like last year and yeah. he was very old
1: yeah he actually had a movie came out and that ex- something to talk about toy story 3 eventually if we really want to is it came out in 3d and i saw it in 3d i think it's actually the only pixar movie i've seen in 3d off the top of my head but godard's last film was an experimental film with 3d cameras gotcha. which I wanted to see, because the Cisco Center was showing it, then I was like, we don't have a 3D projector. So I'm like, well, that's dumb. I have no desire to see this movie without like, the main component of why it was made.
0: Michaela, Michaela, do you remember where you were in your life when you saw... Toy Story okay. 3 for the first to time. Be,
1: wait, wait. To be clear, I want to ask Michaela something very quickly before we get into this. Is Did you see it in theaters? Cause yes. Been, okay, so talk about that. We'll save the other story for when I'm done explaining my theatrical experience. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a story about watching it at home. On <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> Yeah,
2: so I watched it in theaters. So 2010, I was when in between, the summer of 2010 was in between 8th grade and freshman year of high school. This
1: was uh, um, about... T-minus three months to meeting Danny Vincent.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and so I remember I saw it that summer with uh, a couple friends who no longer are in my life. Uh, Canceled. Oops. But They're uh, on. <laughs> uh, anyways, that summer I was doing like, I don't know, I think I was doing summer gym that summer. Lots of... Stuff yeah, going yeah, on. but as the trans about... like the interesting part of that was the in 2010 like the school that i went to for like first through eighth grade was technically like i mean it was a private school anyways but it was also like technically if it would have been in a school system it would have been not in the school system that we went to my parents didn't move at all it's just that then for high school i went to the public school um and so i didn't know anyone when i started there and so that summer i was like meeting a bunch of new people it was like another new beginning not moving to college but another set of new beginnings
1: Mm-hmm. But how was Toy Story 3 then? Sorry, <laughs> do you remember what your thoughts on it were? <laughs> no, I like it. no offense, I I, like, I, like, I appreciate the story, but like, wait, what about Toy Story
2: 3? No, that's the connection, is that it was oh, like... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. yeah, there was,
1: was be- there was new beginnings.
2: Oh, wait, no. <laughs> the transition.
1: Okay. I get you, sorry, I don't know why. That's what I think I get it, no, I get it. I thought it was like, oh, new beginnings, like like college, got it. And I was like, oh, wait, because <laughs> Andy, uh, I'm... Yeah, right.
2: yeah, and anyways, anyways. <laughs> no, I mean, I liked Toy Story 3, I don't, and I think... The interesting part for like rewatching all of these is that I feel like uh, in Toy Story. 1, Oh wait, I didn't to cry clarify
1: well. for Mark and the listeners, Michaela did her research and she watched one and two again for the first time. I think you said since you were a kid, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I don't actually. Yeah, I have uh, no idea when
2: it was the last time I rewatched them. I don't think I rewatched them for three, even when I saw it back then. So yeah, I mean, bottom line is that in Toy Story one, I didn't cry at all. Toy Story two, I like almost cried during. Uh, Jesse song, thinking. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then. *Toy t- Story 3* t- cried multiple times, and I remember I also cried in *Thea*. Have Theodos I told well? you
1: where I cried at *Toy Story 2*? And Mark knows this. Mark, I'm sorry. I just want to tell Michaela where I cried at *Toy Story 2*. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: Uh, the part I always cried at *Toy Story 2* is when Woody looks at the TV, mm. and it's uh, like him singing "You Got a Friend in Me." That always gets yeah. me. I don't know why. It's like it's like that Pixar epiphany scene that always like grabs you. No, that's uh, fair. That's but, fair. Yeah.
0: What about you, Danny?
1: All right. So buckle and I have a bunch of stories even before we get up to the one with Michaela. So I've always liked Pixar. We talked about this, I think, in our Cars episode that I, in fourth grade, I did my entire project about Pixar. And I say fourth grade because fourth grade was the year Cars came out. And it was like, coming soon, Cars in the corner. Uh, and Ratatouille. Because I actually had released a promo image of Ratatouille, too, at the time. Um, but I was always very into Pixar. And I... When I was growing up, we talked about this in the Toy Story episodes we did. I was obsessed with Buzz. I wanted to be Buzz. Toy Story 1 and 2 were always my favorite movies. So I was very excited for 3. And I distinctly remember getting in a fight with someone in middle school where they're calling me a a fucking baby for being excited for it, for that baby movie when Jonah Hex was coming out the exact same day. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, no one's going to, want to see Toy Story. Oh, go man. see Jonah Hex. <laughs> Do you
0: remember Jonah Hex? Jonah Hex.
2: Let I, me look. Let me look I, up the Jonah. name. Sounds familiar. Let me just but... let me
1: open it for you, so you can have an image. What an what important I'm year about. for
0: me being aware of films. <laughs> this
1: is Jonah Hex. Oh it's gosh. got Megan Fox and Josh Brolin in it, and Mike uh, Young. Michael Fassbender, Wallernet and Michael Shannon.
2: Star said it. It received generally negative reviews from critics. It has like a
1: 10% on Raw Tomatoes, I think. Because it was really fun because Toy Story got the 100% back when people started really paying attention to it. And uh, I clicked the wrong button. And uh, yeah, 12% on Raw Tomatoes for Jonah Hacks. Uh, so it's getting a little vindicated,
0: uh, but anyway, we went to this, see it. This, I believe like, kept happening to you. This is the second story of someone telling you that's for babies. Go see this instead.
1: What was the other one? I forget. And what was my other one?
2: Lion kick apparently. I don't oh, doing... <laughs> well, Contagion. I don't think I Contagion is be a good
1: movie. Swarming. I can't be at the time. I didn't like. Actually, I should rewatch Contagion. I have as a half star on Letterboxd because it's my grade from when I saw it, and I do think that is way too harsh on that film. <laughs> Especially with COVID being what it was. I feel like I should definitely go back to it and like actually assess it. As someone who now knows what Steven Soderbergh's films are like anyway. But anyway, actually fun fact about Jonah Hacks, it's directed by Jimmy Hayward. Who, his only ever film that I can think of is the uh, Jim Carrey, Horton Here's a Who animated movie. Oh, yeah. So he did that and then he made live action western that's 90 minutes long with credits. That was budgeted to be a two and a half hour movie. And they just kept cutting it down because it was like... But anyway, so I went to see Toy Story 3 on opening night with – by opening night, I mean Friday night um, because that was when my dad had to get off work. We all wanted to go see it, obviously. I was so hyped. I was dressed as Andy for because I noticed in the trailers that Michaela can attest to this. And I actually mentioned this on the fact as I think a couple weeks ago to Mark is that when I was, like, in that era, age of middle school and uh, freshman year of, uh, of high school, I would always wear, like, the same three shirts. Um, yeah, and- I Andy wears one of them in the movie. One of the three shirts I had in the movie. So I'd be like, I'm dressed as Andy in Toy Story 3, and I'm ready for this movie. And you know, I fucking loved it. I cried so hard at the end of it. And then we saw it again for my birthday in 3D, which was whatever. But I just remember seeing it, being really emotionally moved by it. Um, and you know, it was great. Now, again, I could tell you a story about when we watched it on DVD. Mark, you, did you, wait, I forget, you, you said your story, right? Or no, did you no. not? No, we what? haven't heard
0: Mark My story. story was, well, I don't really have a story. My, my, when Mine was woven into my introduction sure. to the 2010s, which was just that I saw it in theaters, I think as part of my go out with my grandma's see movies thing. So it was just like one of many things that I saw. Um, but it really was just not the year for that. I was much more aware of things like, the king's speech and other things i was like this was a big year of me like becoming aware of movies and i just toy story 3 i have thoughts about it and i definitely have opinions about like what that meant to me knowing that the th- this third toy story movie was coming out but like just not a huge part of my life that year
1: um before actually though before we go on and tell that story because i do think that story will lead us into our actual discussion i wanted to say one other thing about the last time i've revisited these movies which i think does i, I think in a way it will it come up also when we're talking about the film itself but i've re-watched toy story 3 i think actually if i remember right i rewatched toy story 3 like the december after it came out because i got the blu-ray and i remember crying at home and it kind of blew my mind because i would never re-watched a movie at home and cried even like up when i rewatched watched it at home never made me cry but rewatching Toy Story 3 at home, I still cried a lot at the end. Um, and I cried yesterday when we watched it too. Mm-hmm. But the I rewatched all the Toy Story movies before four, and I think it's very interesting to come back to this movie after seeing four, um, rather than before seeing four. Because you know, before seeing four, you're, you you go to get to the end, and you're like, I don't like that they're making another one. I'm mad that I'm yeah. going to see the new one next week. But now that I've seen four and I can watch this, I can more look at how they inform each other in a way that isn't necessarily going to be totally derogatory to for just existing, you know? (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's an interesting thing, too, though, is that when when I went to see this movie, like, we assumed this was the finale. Yeah, because,
1: like, (laughs) it's this weird thing now where, you know, stories don't end. And at the time, it was like, trilogy, you have to have three, that ends. Like, it would be really funny if they ever do make the third Jump Street movie. Because I do think at this point, they might actually do it. I don't know if they're going to do the Men in Black idea or if they'll just do something new where it's like, it's been 10 years since we did it. But when they do that, it will be like, okay, cool, just don't make a fourth one, right? Like, that's kind of just the attitude always. Or like with with Guardians who just came out, yeah, sure, that's like part of the MCU, but it's kind of like, well, that was three,
0: we're done, you know? It's interesting how that's changed over time. I feel like there's something about this with books, too, where it feels weird to not have three books, but I know a lot of series where it's just two and I'm like you know what, this is how it I also should think be. That there
1: is, yeah, I think there is something to be said that there is still like duologies. It's just weird when you go on to four, you know, like you can stop at two or you can do three, but going on the four just feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I see a lot of people say, I don't I'm not We're not going to spoil John Wick four here, but I'll just say it ends in a way that you'd be very surprised to see John Wick five. And then they just announced John Wick five in development. I'm just like, huh, I guess that makes sense because four is a weird number to end on, but it's just, I don't understand.
2: Yeah, I feel like at the point you get to four, you almost should just like keep going. So yeah,
1: well, though to be honest, I have a, my take on the John Wick movies is that in a way the first one is like a prologue or like a pilot movie, and then two, three, and four actually make up a trilogy where it tells a complete story.
0: I think that with an action, kind of like Star Trek, or actually. well, Star Trek is if, the movies are. I'm talking about the
1: originals, like Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and Voyage Home, kind of make up a trilogy. That's all I mean. But go on sorry. Correct.
0: Well, I think that if you have something like an action movie or a comedy series, it's I mean, I honestly would be like to me John Wick has always been meant to have like 7 plus movies whether they get to that or not because <laughs> Fast and Furious. No, I get it. Yeah, well, because it's it's like um those old Charles Bronson movies that I don't remember the name of like oh, it should like just um, be a vehicle for Keanu Reeves as stunt teams. The thing of death, Bush, yeah. right? And the same thing is about like twenty two Jump Street. Like, you know, it's weird now that so much the, time has passed. That's the
1: credits that tells you everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe they didn't want that, and that's why they do this credits. But I don't. I don't find it weird for certain things to just have absurd like Fast and Furious. The should only have reason... this many movies, and that's kind of like the same thing.
1: The only reason why I felt like Toy Story three always was needed growing up was because there is a joke in the credits of two where which is now cut from Disney Plus cuz of problematic reasons where Stinky Pete promises some Barbie dolls a big part in Toy Story 3 which to me was a promise that they were going to make a as a you know you're 5 you watch that you're like oh shit they're making Toy Story 3 and then you wait so long for it, you're like where was it
2: also but the just, end of Toy Story 2, like, basically the end is that Woody is like, you know, I realize that Andy's going to grow up, but like, we'll all be in this together. So it kind of also lends itself to like I, It this does, thing.
1: but it's, I do think it ends in a way where it's like, it's also the kind of like, the idea of it is okay. I do think it would have been, without the joke for three, I don't think I would have necessarily expected it to, especially because, you know, when you're a child, you're not expecting well, sure, to jump yeah. ahead 10 years <laughs> for the next movie. Sure, sure. Um, because if... 3 was to be a film that wasn't caught up in all the weird Pixar contract stuff where it was like, did Pixar felt okay to go ahead with this before 2010? I don't, obviously there wouldn't be a time skip because why would they just throw in a time skip, right? The reason they put in a time skip was because the actual amount of time had passed.
2: Yeah.
0: So, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, 20 so, story and yes, now what's your DVD movie. tale or your, your, your tale together?
2: <laughs> so. Oh
1: boy. So when we were freshmen in high school, freshmen. Be, yeah, we uh, we were the only freshmen to join Cinema Club at our, our high school. And because it was because our study hall teacher and general speech mentor, Mr. Pishker, was the faculty advisor for Cinema um, Club. So, we should get, I should get Mr. Pishker on the podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I have said I do want to get Larry on at some point. though. I think that'd be really fun because uh, he has a podcast. But anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, oh, my
1: gosh yeah I know I want to like, get Lowry's I,
2: podcast I, is good
1: yeah I, sorry I haven't listened to Lowry um, <laughs> but, I, but I, 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 I should ask Lowry to be on here but Mr. Pitchker it was like something where you could tell over the course of the year he was getting tired of running the club because it, it, we weren't allowed to show already in movies I wish I wish I had a because you know I I'd made a bunch of Letterbox lists that like Movie. Like, it's just like, this is a document of something that happened in my life. Or it's mm. like, I wish I had a list of the movies we showed. Yeah. My freshman year, specifically, because they were like... Like, we watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. We watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. I remember one moment that I was very proud of that everyone, like, loved. Uh, I, we actually didn't go to it because I suggested and ended up dating it on a day we had a rehearsal for something. Um, but it was the Hudsucker Proxy, which at the time I think was one of the few Coen brothers that we could show. Um, but everyone there was like, holy shit, how'd you find this movie? I was like, I, I just heard it was good. You know, it's a Cohen Brother movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, have you seen Hot
0: Sucker Proxy, Mark? Yeah, I saw it once and it's been so long. I don't really have any memories of it, but I should, you know, I should re watch all their movies. Yeah, I should do. For... I, I should watch
1: the ones I haven't seen No Country for Old Men. That's like one of my big blind spots. So. Wait,
0: what? You
1: didn't know that? I haven't seen No Country for Old Men. Wow! I like. I,
2: I mean, I haven't either, but that's like yeah, yeah, I, on track I, for me. That's on par for. <laughs> I've seen that Blood. gotta <laughs> do that together.
0: That's so wild. I I rewatched it like month, <laughs> like two months ago, and then just last month, me and my girlfriend rewatched it on my recommendation. I, that's one of my most rewatches ever. Rare, rare that one of their movies lets me down. But anyway, you were talking about what's. Your your tail. end
1: of the year, we were deciding between, I think... I think we actually were deciding between Toy Story 3 and Inception, the show. And we landed on Toy Story 3. um, Because, I think it was because Pishker hadn't seen it. Maybe that's me making up stuff. That that might not be true. Um, But we watched Toy Story 3. You know, we all cry in the room, whatever. The story about Toy Story 3 is more that it's related to Cinema Club. Because the following year, as I said, two things. One, Pishker was done with it. He was just like, I'm I'm giving it to someone else. I can't do this anymore. Um, And... Meanwhile, also pretty much everyone who was actually involved with the club graduated. So basically me and Michaela inherited this club to do what we see fit with. And unfortunately, we had friends that weren't necessarily into cinema. And what did we show that year? Because we kept getting movie. Well, the Muppet movie wasn't bad. <laughs> I, I pushed for the Muppet movie because the idea was it was the new Muppets was coming out and the original Muppet movie. It, maybe we should show Muppet Caper, but the original Muppet movie is considered like a classic. The, the thing that I remember getting more pissed off about was they started. I think it was on Valentine's Day. You guys showed Valentine's yeah, Day, yeah. and I was very like that movie's not even considered good. We could show when Harry met Sally. We could show like a good classic rom com. Yeah, we. I know. And what basically happened would be these two other people that were a member of Danny's movie club who I will now cite the Lion King incident as they went with me to see Lion King. And they sang along with it, which really pissed me off in the moment. Because if I'm going to spend money to see a movie I've never seen in theaters and theaters before, why the fuck do you think I want to hear you sing?
2: Should have gone to Contagion.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll sing along to Jude Law being Alex Jones or something. I, don't, I haven't seen that movie since it came out. But I feel like that's pretty accurate. But I also remember that experience because the audience like, started applauding when Simba... Well, I thought it was actually kind of cool where Simba was like like when Simba like breaks the stick and he's like where are you going he's like back to my home and like I remember the audience cheering when Rafiki started cheering that was cool um, but anyway they kind of just voted like okay I want to watch Valentine's Day okay I want to watch that. and when they would bring up suggestions it would be like the worst movie
2: so the other important part of this is that, like, so it was yeah. Danny and I, and it was, I feel like...
1: Should we talk about the What, five advisor. other people? Like, I mean, yeah. it also
2: wasn't that many people to begin with. It's yeah. not as if we were, like, you know, bringing tons and tons of people to this. Ooh. And it was literally just our friends. And then there was one, I remember a random guy would show up sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: I do remember also, though, there was a, the faculty advisor. So the thing about Pishker was, and this was a very important thing, the part of Pishker I, I feel like I should have mentioned... Is Pishker still would like have contributions? He wouldn't necessarily come up with movie ideas. He wanted us to come up with a... for example, one time the P, the seniors voted to show Red Dawn with the argument that it was historically the first PG thirteen movie, and Pish, Pishker was like, "Absolutely not! I'm not showing Red Dawn here. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care. We're, we're not. You do that, I I will quit and do, like decommission this club right now." <laughs> <laughs> so he had a lot of it. power. And he so <laughs> used it. We, but the, our faculty advisor here was like oh, yeah, I'm sure you can watch movies in my room. That yeah. was basically our contribution. <laughs>
2: yeah, so it basically turned into, like, our friends would stay after school with us and, like, watch a movie. And that's why I feel like it devolved into this, like... It wasn't cinema it wasn't anymore. T- it it's was just, just, like, just watching... You're having a movie night after school on school property. Because like, why not?
1: And it wasn't really good. Like, it you couldn't really cultivate a new audience because of that too, I felt like, you know?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, eventually at the time that we started then showing movies that were not, like, quote, cinema, like anytime we're, like, advertising that we're going to show Valentine's Day or whatever, like, who's going to show up to this? Yeah, like,
1: if it's a, if you have freshmen like me who, like, are super into, like, the idea of what is movies, what is cinema, what is art, and you show Valentine's Day, you immediately show me, okay, I don't want to fucking go then because you're going to show a movie that's, like, got an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, mm-hmm. um... That said, I should bring back Cinema Club. I just gotta say this because this happened earlier today. Is Michaela revealed to me that she has seen Welcome to and which like blew my mind because I, and whenever I run into someone in the wild who's seen that movie now, I'm like, holy shit, what you think? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, my point is, it might have a problem with Clayton Ron's fans, but Marwin is cinema, so you can't <laughs> show it at Cinema Club. But anyway, I'll just say we mercy killed the club. Because we were co-presidents we were co-presidents oh yeah
2: yeah yeah, that's right and there was like no other there were pow- was we,
1: the we got a little fights i feel like i feel like there was definitely like power at least for me i was definitely like trying to like be like no go down to vice yeah, to but, you <laughs>
2: well yeah I, I feel like i remember the one time like the reason why i remember the muppet movie was that i feel like that was the same week that i proposed a different movie yeah i don't yeah, know I don't, what yeah, you did
1: too and i kind and, of ruled. like
2: it was a tie basically and then danny tried to like convince people to change their vote from like my movie <laughs> to his movie at like after the vote was done and we had seen that there was a tie we should have just like flipped a coin and Danny we was should, like but well, wait a minute don't you actually want to watch what this we should
1: movie? have done is just been like we'll do one this month one next month and like yeah. I prob- no offense I would probably go with mine because my whole idea was we're doing this one because there's a new movie coming out and then we do yours the next month and because...
2: that would probably been a fight too I mean yeah, who yeah, knows yeah. I, at that time yeah. I was also feeling like, a little more I think it might
1: have been something now, though but... the movie you were picking was something I just didn't like too but I don't know what it was I, I don't think it was a bad even... movie I think it was just something I didn't like
2: yeah, yeah, that's
1: fair. But anyway, fair. there's yeah, no Cinema Club at our high school anymore, and it's it, it died with us, and they have, no one has attempted to bring it back. Which <laughs> <laughs> is really fun to see in its own way.
0: So, Toy Story was one of your Cinema Club movies.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes, Toy, sorry, Story yes.
1: One, Toy Story was Toy Story was last movie, and then he quit after it because it was the end of the year movie.
0: Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
2: And it wasn't that he quit because of Toy Story. No, because again,
1: was... I think we he pick. I think he was like choosing between Toy Story three and Inception. He picked Toy Story. So I think that made sense. Yeah, I think you was just busy with. Us. I think uh, I think Leland wanted Inception. Oh, interesting. In okay. So Leland right. was someone we were very close to our freshman year, and then have never spoken to since. Uh, hmm. not not for reasons it's just we don't see him and also was that our, our faculty supervisor I feel like was kind of our faculty supervisor just because we were friends of her son who was not <laughs> in cinema club <laughs> wait was he the guy who would sometimes come no
2: no oh my gosh no I would have known Matt but I feel yeah. like okay maybe Matt did come sometimes I think though. Matt
1: did come sometimes but he was literally just doing to do homework in his mom's room while he was waiting for his mom to drive yeah him home. yeah you know he wasn't watching the movie no I remember
2: the random guy was like a junior like he wasn't even in our class if I saw him in the yearbook I'd be like that's him but yeah I
1: don't
0: remember
2: we didn't really talk to him much poor guy
0: this is interesting because not only do we have your perspective about Toy Story 3 we have like all the people that saw it around you what was like the the temperature with the people who saw it I mean we all liked
1: it it's Toy Story 3 I think, if I'm right, even Leland, who was pushing for Inception, I think he was like, no, that was a good choice to see Toy Story. I think he actually kind of had the attitude of, like, that guy who got in a fight with me who was like, that's a baby movie. I don't want to watch that. But then he watched it and he was like, oh, no, that's great. Yeah, actually, maybe not. Most, I feel like, like I shouldn't adult. slander Leland. because I remember Leland. But one thing I remember Leland texted me about after he graduated, was he, he texted me, have you seen Kung Fu Panda 2? Because it's really fucking good. That's the one. <laughs> so I think he actually was an animation guy. So.
0: What do we think about Toy, Toy Story Toy Story 3. Do you feel like you've changed watching it since you were little? I mean, I guess that's what Um, I should say is that that was my experience watching it. I don't really remember seeing it much the first time. I feel like the thing that hit me was the incinerator scene, but definitely on the rewatch, I knew that was coming and I was more emotional at the end when Andy gives the toys away.
1: I think I've always had that opinion. I remember leaving the movie being so surprised people had the take that like, oh, the incinerator scene makes you sob so much. Because to me, although now that I'm older, the incinerator scene does hit me a bit. Because I, I also think, and I want to just get this right out of the way, the weirdest part of this movie is not the incident. I think the incineration scene is really well executed, but that as soon as it's over and they're getting out, they're like, Oh gee, well good thing we got out of that, and there's no one They're it's like, Well, we just confronted our mortality. Let's get back to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> they just immediately like, Let's never talk about that again. Which yeah. is both very realistic, but also just like, oh my god. Like the movie's like, No, we got we gotta move right on. We can't we can't dwell on what just happened at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe this is the Which first is up. like general thing we can talk about with Toy Story 3 because I feel like Toy Story 3 runs into existential questions about the toys in ways that I think are like I don't know is maybe not successful is the wrong way of putting it it's just not this is this is real like bad film criticism thing, but like this is this is just not what I want from <laughs> From a Toy Story movie. It's all about it's all about like questions of body horror and stuff like that. Which is, you know, in general fine. But I was thinking about this, like, am I misremembering things from the first two movies? And I think in the first two movies, they're just kind of people who happen to be toys. And in Toy Story 3, they're much more like actual toys who go into like this world with all these physical rules related to them being toys but i think it, in one and two and especially like that's the stinky pete cutscene, scene which no one will know we're talking about is a good example of that it's like it's important that he's in the box but he's really this sketchy old guy and the Barbies are all well, starlets, that, but that's, you Well, know? that's
1: an outtake. That's a non even Even when that scene existed, that was an outtake. Like, it was not considered part of the Toy Story canon, that, like, he was offering them roles in the next movie, you know? Well, another example, and Toy it Story feels 20.
0: weird to keep bringing up the Barbie things, is, like, when they run into the Barbies in Toy Story 2, like, it's running into a room full of barbies and it's like oh it's like all the sexy women trope yeah but that is what it is it's not asking the same questions as now we know the new barbie is it's like why are we all barbies like isn't that where it's like no they are just women and this is barbie who is here to help you this is not about them being toys
1: but i think three does Mm -hmm. have there was one moment in it where i really started thinking this is more like a bug's life than toy story where it's like these are their like the toys have their own society that is very weirdly ours. And I'm thinking very specifically when Buzz goes in and sees the toys playing Russian roulette. And I was, when that scene happened, I was like, this is kind of weird because it's like. I think they're playing normal roulette. I was going to say, what? yeah. Oh, just sorry. I don't know why, just why I said right Russian up. roulette. I don't know why I said Russian roulette.
2: Imagine Toy Story 3 Russian roulette. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. But, um,. Anyway, but like that—that that really threw me. What what else was I? I was gonna say? Something else about wait. One thing I wanted to say, Mark, and then we can actually pursue this. But you made me think of something with this movie that threw me off, and it gave me the solution. Which is, there's a moment when Buzz like comes back to life, and like it becomes uh, normal Buzz again. He goes, "Was that me?" Like he like he's a toy that would have farted, but now I remember that Toy Story. 3 there is a joke where Pete's like, "Woo, that's why they call me Stinky Fink." That's like, also an outtake. Yeah, but my point is the fort had been established. But also, and that, that moment still takes me out of it in this movie. But anyway,
0: sorry, what was your point? Sorry. Oh, well, my point was that I don't... Li- I just don't like when they deal with questions about the toys as toys. It's much more interesting to see, like, a power struggle. They're, they're like, having a power struggle, and that's Woody and Buzz's dynamic. Or, like, the abandonment of Jesse is not a toy problem it is facilitated through the vehicle of we're in this world where toys toys can think but i think that's something that doesn't necessarily have to be like a toy problem i think that all the potato shenanigans in this movie are like too toy specific they
1: do not like the eye stuff i think the eye stuff of mrs potato is very interesting um, where
2: she loses her eye. Yeah, where yeah. She,
1: I think I like I like that. It's not even... It, it gives her something to do is really more... it. Is I think that's the clear difference here between 3 and 4 to me is that 3 actually finds a way to be an ensemble piece. Well, that's um, actually my
0: complaint about 3, but I'll hold on to that. Really? Yeah.
1: I think that's its strongest asset. No, <laughs> no.
0: And I hate to bring this up because fight, I feel fight, like fight. it's so common for me to like front load my negativity and then run out of steam by the end of the podcast. But... Take number (laughs) two is that you don't need three characters to make every punchline. Every time somebody says anything, it's like we hear from like three people every time why okay
1: no that that's fair that's not what i mean that i mean though it's nice that during the prison escape they give something for every character to do that's what i mean it's cool that we get a moment where here's slinky dogs so i'm not saying like them all having jokes is great i'm saying like finding a way to make a plan where every single character does something i think is really fun and making time for like barbie to do something making time for like um potato had to do something like i know you don't like the potato Head stuff but i personally i do really like the the pigeon get bit i think that's really funny and clever and i also in a way i really do like what this does specifically with mr potato head just because don rickles died pretty soon after so it's like we we got we got all of it out of our system here right mm-hmm. even as this franchise goes on we're never going to get don rickles they're never going to continue with mr potato head because don rickles is dead like they used archive audio in four so it's like cool I don't know. I just, I don't, I enjoy, because I remember that thing with three, my my thing with four is it is just a Woody movie. Mm-hmm. Which is fine and dandy. I kind of wish it was, one thought I had when I was watching this is I kind of, st- and I think I'll say this when we watch four, As I wish, I feel like Toy Story 4 might have been better received if it wasn't titled Toy Story 4. If that makes sense. Like if it was Toy Story colon something, you know? Yeah. I think it would have been, because yeah. then it'd be like, this is the original Toy Story trilogy. And this is another story in that world with those characters. Yeah. Because I think it just being four, it's like, it's on the same levels as all the other ones. It's just kind of like, well, but no, because three is the clear end point for all the characters,
0: not just Woody. I think it would be more critically Um, acclaimed and would have done worse.
1: I guess. I don't know. I I could see you arguing that because of Lightyear, but I also think, I don't know. I don't think, I think Toy Story, people were down to see a new Toy Story movie anyway. You know, I think... I can't imagine it doing substantially worse if it was titled Toy... I'm not even saying, like, call it Toy Story or Woody Story or something like that. Or, like, titled, like, Toy Story colon Carnival Games or something like that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Um, uh, my, those, my take with it was just... It did just feel a little too much like they were giving screen time to all these different people who... You just, like, don't need to. I don't... You don't need to, like... maybe maybe in like this ideal world then every movie is an ensemble movie and everyone gets an equal amount of screen time and I'm sure there are like contract things related to lines and stuff like that I just like they're secondary characters let them do what they do best and like you don't need to like keep making them part of it somehow
1: I think another part of it is the kind of what I was implying where this kind of begins the creating the tropes of what a legacy sequel is and a lot of this is, you know, you haven't seen these characters in 10 years. Pixar is, on their on their, their side, they're very excited to play with these toys again. Pun intended. Um, but whereas for audiences, it's like, yeah, you want to see Rex. Yeah, you want to see Potato Head. Yeah, we want to see Slinky Dog. We, you want to see all of them. And that's why they're giving them all this time. Is that it's like, we know you want to see these characters again. We know everyone has a favorite Toy Story character that isn't Woody or Buzz. Um, which is, in a way, I think why Buzz is so brainwashed for a lot of the movie in a way is that because they they kind of figure you know you have toy story 2 for buzz and in a a similar way i think jesse does not get a lot to do here even though she does get a lot of screen time but again you have toy story 2 for jesse this is the toy story movie we're going to give rex and ham and slinky dog stuff to do we're going to give the barbie from the first movie stuff to do because we have rights to use ken now too um it's all that stuff. Where I, and of course, we're going to give Woody stuff because he's still the main character. We can't not give Woody. I do think it's really funny that on Disney Plus and on the posters for this, it was always Buzz leading the way. And it's like, Buzz, of these three characters, does the least amount of stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's because he's brainwashed for most
0: of it. What do you, do you have? And like
2: Spanish a... buzz for a small part. I
0: hmm? want what, what you... a
2: Spanish buzz for a small part of it. Yeah. The, the, that was something that really Oddly stood out part. to both of us um,
0: was
1: this movie was sold on Spanish buzz. He's in it for maybe five minutes.
2: Yeah. We both remembered that all like, the when, marketing was in about reflection, Spanish it buzz. Like, yeah. Spanish buzz was like in this way more. I actually forgot that there was the brainwash segment before Spanish buzz. I thought they immediately went to Spanish buzz. So yeah.
1: Yeah. He's he's barely in the movie, and in that regard, I think he actually is used well. Yeah, like he he's in there quick in and out. He's funny enough, just not to get annoying. I love in its own, even though I'm sure this is kind of obvious, and I'm probably worth thinking, like the choice to just have it be the guy who does the dub for Buzz in Spanish. But I do like that in its own way that I feel like dumber studios would just have like tim allen try to phonetically read the lines in spanish oh gosh (laughs) um well but it's also like you know he's a toy so obviously his spanish length voice would be different than whoever does the voice for him so i kind of like that too but i think the spanish stuff stuff is more successful than brainwashed evil buzz
0: you mean in this movie or as being entertaining yes oh
1: i'm talking about in this movie i think I think it's pretty safe i think i said this in the two episode i think toy story 2 is the best use of buzz in all four movies yeah um because you you get the normal buzz actually gets a full arc full plot line and then you also get your brainwashed buzz as an antagonistic force that's really funny yeah so it's that that's is the actual most ideal buzz movie mm-hmm. um but i remember actually in a way being a little bit left down on how buzz was used in this um when it first came out because buzz has always been my favorite character and it was like well, it's not really in before,
0: Yeah, but Michaela, do you have any big, like, big takes from this movie?
2: Uh, I mean, I feel like the, the... For one, there was just, like, a lot that I didn't remember. Like, I remember telling friends leading up to this that I was going to be on this podcast, and their scene that they remember is the incinerator scene. And honestly, probably because I haven't rewatched it now in, like, 13 so years. Sorry, I'm laughing,
1: because one thing that stood <laughs> out to me, This I'll let you talk, Michaela, but i got to say this about the incinerator scene, is that... I'll, I'll keep laughing about it whenever we bring it up is the one thing that stood out to me in the this time is it was very emotionally affecting, but then when that meme, I think that's that image that's become a meme of like Jesse and Buzz hugging sadly happened, I just cracked a smile for a second because that meme always, because I legitimately forgot, I, for some reason I always think that meme is like an edit of some kind, but no, it's just legitimately the shot in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, I think that shot, that, that meme is so ridiculous where it's like, remember that always to hug your loved ones. And it's like a very serious meme of Jesse and Buzz hugging. (laughs) Sorry, but go on on with what you were saying.
2: No, no. I mean, I feel like like people remember this incinerator scene and that was the one that stood out to them. And honestly, I didn't remember that. I feel like the thing that stood out to me from like over time uh, was just like the transition that was being made that like Andy was giving up his toys and this was, you know, like they're moving on to something else. Uh, And so, yeah, anyways, seeing the incinerator scene, I wasn't... I think I do remember crying at it when I saw it in theaters, but I was not very impacted by it now, other than there is something... Yeah, kind of what yeah. you were talking about earlier. like I think the ending... Hands, I was saying this whatever. to you last night.
1: I think the ending completely carries this movie. Because I give... Uh, I think my grade for it is a 9 out of 10. It's not a 10 out of 10 movie. I think a lot of the middle of it is busy work for the characters so we can get to that ending. Um, even though it is entertaining busy work, but it is weird that it is all a genre riff on jailbreak movies. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, once you get to the dump onward it's just kind of like firing on all cylinders like exactly like the weird reckoning that you want with these characters in a way that you don't expect to get to then it's because the incinerators i think this is actually the first time i've watched it where it did actually really emotionally affect me Mm -hmm. Um, besides maybe the first time i was like oh my god what's gonna happen but that's why i'm
0: like the only person in this chat right now that remembers the incinerator scene i felt like that was No i remember i remember i remember i just remember
1: not yeah it's not it's not impactful to me i remember the joke being good of the claw coming down i just you know it's one of those things where there's a certain there's a certain uh, suspension of this belief you required for movies but sometimes you just don't get to like for example i think about avengers infinity war where you know at the end of that movie everyone dies. Okay, Spider-Man is in development though. We know that he's not dead, so it's like there's no people are like I cried at the end of that movie. I'm like, why? Like you know none of these characters are permanently dead at the end. Like th- that makes no sense to me. Whereas meanwhile, when I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and the entire plot is hinging on like the the plot of that movie is that at the very beginning Rocket gets gravely injured and like goes into a coma and they like literally told him you have 48 hours to save him or he will die the entire movie is stressful because you know like going into it i know like James gonna sit. i'm done with the marvel i i literally have signed on with dc for the next five years i'm never doing one of these movies again and when the entire cast you know refused to do this movie until he came on for it it's like okay so they're just probably never gonna make another one of these again so yes that entire time i'm like they could kill off any of these characters which makes that really stressful and all that to say is that do i really think they're going to return to the toy story characters after 10 years and just kill them no i didn't think that in back when these movie, this movie came out
2: I think I did back then.
1: Well, I, I didn't. I was like, no, no fucking way. Is this is still a movie. For-? I don't want to be like, because I was like, this isn't for kids. But, because I was very much like, no, I, I still want to see this movie. But it's also like, they're not going to do this to me. They might separate them and send Woody on. It. It's really funny watching this knowing where Toy Story 4 eventually goes. Where they're constantly like, do we break up? Do we break up? And eventually the answer is, no, we don't break up. Andy doesn't need to go. Woody doesn't need to go to college. He should stay with his friends. Whereas, Four comes to a different answer on that, which I think is interesting in and of itself. Well, I think it's
0: not just because, like, I don't think it's because you think they're going to die. Because at some part of your brain, you realize there's like much more movie that has to happen, or there just is. There's got to be something going on. I think what it is is just like it's just affecting how ready they are for death. It seems yeah, yeah. much more mature. What, what
1: got me, what gets me emotional, is seeing Buzz reach out for Woody. That is like, it's after everyone else has accepted it and Woody, you know, never accepts failure. And Buzz is like, you need to. That is what gets me in that scene. But it's not even like a cry thing. It's like a holy shit moment. That That is what, like, Woody having to accept it. Yeah. Is like, whoa. Um, I also just think, you know, watching it, what all, and this struck me at the time. I remember thinking, like, in a weird way, that sometimes you watch a movie and the bad guy is like, whatever. But then, like, in this when lots of those like, So long, cowboy, when he runs away from the butt. I'm like, you. even watching it now, I'm like, that is, like, one of the most pure evil acts I've ever seen in a movie where this guy just, like, sees these people about to be burned alive and just is like, have fun! And it's like, holy shit! Like, that is so hard and rough and, like, devastating in and of itself that there are, in a way, there are people out there like that. Even though, yes, this this is a movie, it's a teddy bear that's running away. It's still, like, there are people out there who... Just like, nah, yeah, just, just go die. I don't care. Like, and it's, there's a very real pure evil to it where it's like, oh my God, in a way that I stick by that. I remember thinking this at the time and I still think it, he gets off easy at the end, even though his, he literally gets condemned to basically an eternity of rotting in front of a garbage truck. To me, I'm still like, I don't know what would be worse but he still feels like he's getting up easier. here. <laughs>
0: like, this brings me back to my issue with this movie bringing up all these existential questions. And I feel like we brought up when we talked about the first two movies, you mentioned too, that you felt like they were at their best when they were very like small scale. And the airplane moment from the air, the, the luggage thing from two is like the biggest that any of these movies had gotten. Like, I'm just I'm just not down for watching people like get eternally tormented after like Wait. trying to kill everyone and I know like I mean, truly, I guess, this but all it's probably like, like, my, my personal literally- place but I'm also just like I don't know man uh. It's just
1: one of those things where, like, in a way, the scale of this like, it's one of those things, that it sounds so weird to talk about this with Teddy Bear, but the movie, like, really, like, as that sequence goes on, you really start to really think of, like, the scale of lots of crimes against, like, the toy, I want to say humanity, but against toys is, because he's been running that place since at least, I think, the 90s, because the Teddy Bear, the guy at the end's like, oh, I had this as a kid, and it's like a guy in his 30s in 2010, so probably at least since the 80s. He's been running that digger since the 80s. And he's literally been, he's like, we get new toys every week. And we, after a week, they all they all get thrown away. He's like, he's just put, making like a mayor belt of death. And it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. You got to wonder, like, how have they not had a Barbie there in 30 years?
0: Hey, man.
2: Yeah, good question.
1: Well, she's not like have a Barbie. I guess
2: Barbies were valuable. So, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, donate somebody. a Barbie, you donate a Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I guess or I, maybe
1: kids bring their Barbies from home, you know, but well, they don't necessarily have a Ken at home.
2: Maybe. Maybe. But that could be it. Yeah.
0: Maybe. My take is I do oh. love Ken.
1: I like Ken with the exception of the joke with the bookworm. That's the one time I'm kind of like, eh, this is a little dated. But otherwise, I do like Ken. Well,
0: there are lots of times where you're very aware this movie kind of has the curse of just having to be made right in the middle of when, like, metrosexual was a term. And now we're, like, just at the end of that. But this was, like, right in the middle. It's It's wild even seeing that, like, end credits scene where they're like, oh, Ken writes like this. What? Yeah, that one's a little. That one's a little. You're right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, all right. But I, I don't know. I think he's a great character. That humor really appeals to me, and I, I need to stop talking about like my personal like. I just had a great time doing this. Well, no, no, I think Ken is know. good.
1: Ken is very good in the movie. Um, Ken, I remember Ken being like the like it was Spanish Buds and Ken was what this movie was sold on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do want to make the joke I made to you, which is that um the movie opens with a monkey nuclear bomb. So this is the original Barbie Oppenheimer crossover we've been waiting for
0: (laughs) that too like why is there a nuclear explosion in toy story (laughs) i
1: mean it's a i think it is a decent gag but it also is weird that it's not really acknowledged on it's just a monkey pop (laughs) and it's a mushroom cloud it's weird well
2: something for the parents yeah
1: (laughs) i think ken in general is that though you know there's like there was a joke that really had me cracking up that i know i didn't get it what was the name of the outfit he had uh it was like the...
2: Oh, the green jacket. Yeah, yeah. He,
1: he called it something and it made me laugh. There also was a moment in this where Buzz was like, look at the transom. And I was like, I've never heard that word before. I'm like, I've seen this movie like five or six times and I've never watched a subtitle on So I was like, what do you mean, check the transom, Buzz? Why do you know that word? <laughs> check the what?
2: Large vocabulary.
1: He says, check the transom, which is like the window above the door that's like, a little opened, bit opened yeah. and that's how he gets out of the room wow he's like you know he does like the gymnastic thing where they throw the room in front of it and he jumps out
0: i that's just my brain just did not accept well that i hadn't heard it happened. till
1: this time either, and it's because we had subtitles on that's the only reason i heard it mm-hmm. so
0: it's always wild like the vocabularies of some of these characters i, I think that it works when it's like <laughs> ham who watches a lot of tv other people frustrate me don't. I think
1: Trixie and Rex I can buy it with too. They're both gamers. Internet, yeah, yeah they're, they're very into the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cute too, seeing this is like a pre iPhone movie. Oh,
1: yeah. I also think it's interesting to have um... I think in its own, I don't really like. I, I always feel like the toys Bonnie have are a little overrated, but I do think Kristen Shaw as a female Wallace Shawn is really brilliant. Like, of course, like that's. Who else would you cast for the perfect counterpart to Wallace Shawn? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's Kristen Shaw. I also like Mr. Prickle Pants. I can't be anti-Mr. Prickle Pants.
0: <laughs> they are very delightful. Do you like Totoro? Totoro? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, we, we caught... The, yeah,
2: Yeah, at the time, back in 2010, I don't even think I knew who that was. But yesterday, I was like, wait a minute.
0: Why, why does he have Totoro in her room? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Actually, while kind of we're on that subject in terms of, like characters i can someone remind me why bo peep wasn't in this movie what happened
1: uh it was something where actually i remember at the time they said they had a whole i remember because they toy story 4 was already beginning development when 3 was in development because it was like something where i think the whole thing was like there's no reason to donate bo peep to a daycare there's no like there's no way to fit into this plot we have going on we we're already juggling a lot of characters and then like well there's gotta be a story where bo peep and i remember them saying they already had the story in mind when Mm -hmm. And you know, four opens with the story of how she left. Yeah, yeah. And I think the movie is better without her. I actually do like what they do with her in four too. Maybe she's a little too badass, but whatever. You know, it's it's okay. I'm not. I'm not like too you know. Badass. The, too well, badass. you know, like there's this thing where yeah. Well, well it, there's this thing where like there's this whole thing where it's like every everyone wanted to make a Furiosa, and I don't think push, pushing Bo Peep into being Furiosa <laughs> is necessarily like that cool. Like, I think there's a way to be cool without be- being the generic female badass. And I think the, her depiction in Four kind of. We can talk about it when we get to Four, but I think it does kind of like straddle that line where it's like, this feels a little too much to me. Like, it doesn't feel fully like the character we left with. I'm not saying she can't be cool, but I'm saying that, like, I think. She, I, I also haven't seen Four since it came what are your out. Thoughts I, mean, on I mean, also this the character Kayla.
2: you left with was like. Well, no, I'm just thinking, because actually one of the other comments I was going to make is that as we're talking about this and as, like, I was watching the movies, like, in Toy Story 2, for example, when the toys, like, go to rescue Woody, it's like... Buzz Rex, yeah, Pam. The, It's like are, all the men. women better, yeah. yeah. And then Barbie, like, and I really
1: like in this Barbie. We like yeah, Andy. great, like Barbie. Barbie. I, but I
2: guess that where I'm going with this is oh, that sorry. like this franchise tends to like. I mean, and this is probably just a product of its time, and also like Andy well, was a boy. We presume that at least in terms of how the writers were doing this, that like they wrote these toys then. Well, to also be in Pixar. Line with this Pixar has a
1: voice club problem that is very well. done. You know the thing before right that Rashida Jones was going to write it, and then mm. she left because the work culture at pixar was not conducive to women
2: oh so great that, but that.
1: but that we uh, things that are supposed to be better now we don't like they say fired john laster in 2017 so and yeah. he was like you know obviously the head of the serpent
2: so i don't know just like but, thinking also of them like both like just and i haven't now rewatched watched four re-watching four was not part of my homework uh so that, i haven't seen that now since it came out i don't remember yeah. it super duper well but like I mean to say that we it's she's different than the character we left with, like, I mean yeah, she was Well like, yeah,
1: she's very gotta be different. You're right, character. you're right, you're right. She does have to be different, especially when she's leading the movie. I just I just remember there being I don't know. I don't wanna to be too harsh on her. I just I remember there being like a poster for her where she was literally like in the pose Ray has with her staff and I was just kinda like she doesn't need to be Ray. You can do something cool for her without her just like riffing on star wars iconography or like furiosa and the thing reason i say furiosa is because i remember there's a part where she like loses her arm in it and mm. i guess this was very like come on it's just furiosa but i also think bo peep is really cool to keep around for four because then you get to see, like because this movie is looks radically better than the first two and i know mark you don't like that but the thing with bo peep is like then bo peep is in four and since she's porcelain she's like another way to really showcase like oh my god how much better this looks yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Toy Story
2: One. Rewatching it this weekend, I was like just astounded with how much worse it was.
1: But it's still the like it's the movie is. It's one of those things where like since the movie is so good, it's you can still completely... Oh sure, sure, sure. And you're like right for its time, right. like whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying that I was yeah. like,
2: it, it was amazing. It's. I mean, I realized there was a 10 year gap then, whatever, or however many year gap between two and three. But like even just seeing like how much better two got from one was like whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because they were figuring it all out on the first one, yeah. but.
0: I don't know what the deal uh, is with 4. 4 just, like, even when I watched it earlier this year for the first time, I was blown away by how it looks. 3 is just... Yeah, 3, there are things... Well, 3 that... is
1: it's just, like, the update of Fidelity. It's like, holy shit, like... Uh. The, just how much... The reflection... Well, I think very specifically the reflections. Like, off of Woody and off of Buzz and off of... Like, there's one shot in it where, like, when Buzz gets licked... Uh, and it's just like, oh, my God, how would you do that <laughs> That shot of them being lit? Or like when Jesse's being used as paint where you're like, oh, how? Like Those shots in and of themselves, you would never be able to see in the first two. Or even to me, maybe even seeing The Incredibles, which is just, well, that's six years before this. That's not too long ago. but That is pretty far still, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some crazy shots in this. And of course, you know, for. And the thing that's also a key to this is that, you know, Up, we talked about, Up has a little bit of stylization. And so does Wally and Ryotui. This is Pixar going back to like, we had to make them look realistic. And specifically, Andy and the humans look crazy in this. And I do think they actually do border on Canny Valley in some way. But they it's, it's on the border. It's not there yet. Um, um, yeah,
0: I don't mean. It. It's not that it's not there. It's just that things stand out to me more if they're like a little bit off so it's a big leap forward i'm just not i'm seeing things especially with the garbage bags which i was reading about before coming on here how difficult that was there the are still are things cool. with the garbage bags where i'm like well you got like so many things right but just this one the little shot moment. of
1: rex like being emerged like submerged in the garbage bag is just so like like that is like the thing where it's like oh i'm glad i'm watching this in 4k mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah um, well but anyway i
1: do think i want to talk because mark i know you said that when we texted you last night you're like Can i just watch up instead i don't want to watch the up. opening i didn't i didn't well like... no you said you didn't like the opening of this movie and i think it's interesting because i do think the opening is by far the most it partakes in easter egg culture which was not really a thing in 2010 but now it's pervasive in all these legacy sequels where it's like, oh, you know, like, the trailer for Flash is sold on Michael King going, let's get nuts. And it's just like, he said that once in a throwaway line in Batman 1989. There's no, this was never his catchphrase. You're just having him say it because it was like the action figure phrase of the toy. But... I think the, this movie front loads all that in the first half because it also is trying to lull you. It is playing with nostalgia. The whole point of this movie is like it wants you to remember what it was like watching this when you were a kid Yep. Um, and having to move on from your own toys. Yeah. Um, but I do think that also, in a way, hinders it, especially like if you were a kid now growing up with it and this movie just exists as something to watch on Disney Plus next, the fact that this movie just opens with, it's a remake of the first movie but in big budget and Jesse's here because it is pretty much just the opening scene from the first movie. Yeah. Um, jesse i also just remembered um armin white's review of this where he of course hated it but he referred to ham as the big bad guy of this entire film (laughs) i just i just remember that being a thing and he spelled like he somehow spelled ham wrong um which is its own thing it's like how do you do that how do you misspell ham what is armin white you don't know Armin White? No. I, I don't blame you if you don't know Armin White. Uh, Michaela, great. it's fine that Michaela doesn't know. Armin White was the guy who is like famously a contra he still is. He just got discredited from Rotten Tomatoes very soon after this because he gave Jonah Hex a great review and Toy Story 3 a bad review. He's the guy who always—he's like a conservative reviewer who always gives movies that are like acclaimed bad reviews and vice versa. I don't know. You should uh. just look him up. Like I don't even know how to really describe him. He has like really whack takes, and he still always has whack takes. He was, like, the, this big thing where, like, this movie had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes till he reviewed it.
0: Oh, gotcha. Dang.
1: And this movie, like, was, like, again, this this movie came out just, I think, when Rotten Tomatoes' culture really started becoming a thing. Um, and it being at 100% was a big thing that people kept talking about on the build-up to it. It was, like, holy shit, they pulled it off. Because the first two have 100% on it, too. Mm. But those came out before the website was established. So it's, like, well, it doesn't really count then because you know you don't have all the contemporary views on it Mm. but this getting to 100 with like the number of reviews it had was like oh my god and i think at one point it actually regained its 100 status because at a certain point you get to 99.5 so they'll round Mm. it up so even with the negative reviews i don't know if it has 100 percent status now but i do think it regained it and then lost it again um i don't know let's see what wiki says yeah we oh wiki says it's 98 now so i guess it has gone down i just remember that being a big thing with it was the internet culture part. I also think it's really weird to watch this in a way because I remember, we talked about this obviously with 2, but I was thinking about how this movie came out at a time before really meme culture was a thing too. I think it like just missed the boat of meme culture. Yeah. Because one thing I was thinking of, I think the big meme with Toy Story I always think of is Delicious Schmoes. Uh, from the, you know, it was in the second movie where Buzz is like, I'm sure you've seen the meme. It's just not called that. I'm just
2: thinking of, like, the thing everywhere. Like, that's the meme that I think of. Like, the blah, 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 blah everywhere. You know? It's either, like, Buzz or Woody that's, like...
1: I think it, I think that's the same meme. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You See, it is the one you're talking about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I just think it's interesting that this kind of... Like, now we know we talk about movies like... um, Like, I think even 4. Like, 4 was sold on the meme of Forky. Like, trying to make a meme out of Forky. And this... What, like, I think... In a way, like I think Spanish buzz and Ken are both completely antithetical. Is that how you say it? The uh, antithetical to how memes work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're completely against how memes work and how you would play with them. Because obviously, you can't caption Spanish buzz because the whole joke is you don't understand what he's saying. And with Ken, it's like problematic in a way. <laughs> this thing that feels like vaguely like it should be problematic, even though it barely is, and only a couple jokes are. I also want to say very quickly for Mark uh very i'm always surprised when i watch this and i see richard kind was the bookworm because even though it is just a richard kind voice i never clock it as richard kind one of those things where richard kind is um you would know him more for pixar because he's bing bong but that's like his most iconic pixar role Mm -hmm. and he's also i think in finding Nemo somewhere but i can't remember who he's in finding Nemo.
0: man i should have thought of did i say richard
1: kind i said richard kind right yeah Okay, good. I was worried I said Richard Karn. No, no, no. <laughs> you said Richard Kind. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is kind of funny. I totally forgot about Bing Bong. It's not actually a funny story. I was at a at an event where I was serving drinks to people, and Richard Kind was one of them, and I could not explain to people who he was. But like, you should just say Bing Bong. That's what—that's my problem. I, I didn't know, like, I don't know Inside Out well enough. I don't much care for it. Yeah, but I—I I would say just, his
1: most famous role is probably Bing Bong in movies, at least.
0: I feel like in he movies. must have some live action thing though.
1: I love his role in Tick Tick Boom. You've seen it, right? Yeah. He plays um. So Bradley Whitford is Stephen Sondheim. And Richard Kind is the other guy at the talk back where Richard Kind's like, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And Stephen Sondheim, I'm like, I thought it was pretty good. He's like, okay, it was good, but <laughs> and that's Richard Kind's role in that movie. And I think it's like a really good Richard Kind part <laughs> where he's just trying to suck up the Sondheim while also thinking John Van Larson's show is shit. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, that's what I think, that's my recent, uh, he's also very good in Bo is Afraid, even though he's only in the last scene.
0: Well, that's his whole thing, he's just like there for a second, and then you're like, oh, well, that's Richard Kind, but it's like, how do you convey that to people?
1: Michaela, I'm going to show you who Richard Kind is, since we're just talking about a voice actor, but he is the guy who voices uh, Bing Bong, which is, I feel like, I feel like to me, Bing Bong's voice, I know Mark, you're not that, but inside, uh, his voice is very prevalent. Oh, he's in A Bug's Life also. Yeah, oh. yeah he's a character actor He's in a lot of stuff uh i think he i see he, he's in bombshell i feel like he was like harvey weinstein in it or something like I
2: that i was gonna yeah i feel
1: like he was he i think he bombshell. was like uh no yeah i saw it with you uh bombshell oh he's rudy giuliani yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like he's someone he, he's definitely a person like he's a real person in that movie that's fun uh, casting yeah mm-hmm. but like see he was in he's the bookworm in this and then he's uh he's, oh my gosh the buddies yes that was on the dvd copy of it we watched this on disney plus which i don't usually do he was in a bug's life for um he plays kevin spacey's brother ah so he is a guy pixar goes back to for voices which is good because i like richard kind and he for all accounts i remember he did recently you know how they do those letterbox interviews now where it's like um give us your four favorites and he did one of them he's like can i give you seven Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like yeah i guess we can't really not like, i guess we can't really not take seven movies Very cool. but no um toy story 3 do we want to like talk about specific scenes at all do you um, have besides, scenes i do want to talk about talk the about. ending eventually let's but, get to like, the ending okay is there a scene you want to talk about besides the ending first because <laughs> i think there's a lot to. i think there's a lot of parse out here if we want explain um, but up, to, up for you to well an offering for us to Michaela to pick a scene, Mark. That's what's going on here.
2: <laughs> do you
1: have a scene? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh gosh. Um, actually, besides yeah, the-, the
1: end, I, I do. I, I do want to talk about the end, but I it, besides the end. You
2: know? Besides the end. Okay, yeah. sorry. I also want to talk about the end. Uh, no, I mean another thing that I had forgotten about was that the whole point of this was that Andy was going to go to college, and the toys like were not going to go. Uh, so, like, I don't know, all of that of like. To woody trying to convince them to be like no 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 andy does want you andy does like you like that's why you were kept for however many I, years in this box together it always
1: i do feel like the <laughs> beginning of this movie is very much like we're trying to get to the daycare and have it be as realistic as we can with pushback from these characters to get there but it's also just like one of those things where i it's one of those things where you know like after 10 years of woody almost always being right about these things why aren't these guys just listening to him <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
3: like, yeah. And again, like if they
2: were being kept this whole time, like they were talking about, like there were other people, other people, other toys that were like you know away. given away over like, time. Rex like Rex is such this.
1: Rex and Potato Head are such easily to throw away toys. Like, come on, they're they're mass market toys that you could easily get a new one of. You could easily throw. That's my point though. Like yeah, you're yeah. right. Like they they should take this into effect that like well, Rex is here. We we haven't lost
2: Rex. You found logical flaws in the toys. <laughs> well,
1: the the only ones that make sense to keep are obviously Woody, Buzz, Jesse, and probably Slinky maybe ham but i don't really like even ham though is kind of like a piggy bank okay cool like the fact that the piggy bank stuck around that long should really tell them something Granted, the army men also check out, and they're very right to check out. They are...
2: They, <laughs> they're going to be thrown out.
1: They are going to... I think I feel like the army men, like, they, there should have been a bit like... They, they should have like, we're literally living under the bed. We're not in there with you guys. We're in the bed.
2: I forgot um, all and, about having parachute army men as a child. Like, I remember going to this, like, fair at my church, and I would get parachute army men, and I remember, like, dropping them off of the yeah. stairs. But anyways, yeah, I forgot that those toys even existed. And the other thing that also struck me when watching all of these movies is that, like the people who are in the movies must be like very concerned about their memories because I feel like, for example, like a toy will get like placed on top of a box and then they decide to, like, go up and leave or whatever. And it's, like,
3: he right, <laughs> no, must be,
2: like, very concerned. Or, like, in the first movie when he's, like, oh, my gosh, I can't find, like, Woody and Buzz anywhere. They're gone. And then they just, like, drop from the ceiling they the or whatever. Off. He's, like, oh, my gosh, they've been in the car the whole time. Uh, and so, yeah, like, in this movie, I mean, I guess maybe he didn't check, like, his college box again before he, like, closed it or whatever. Maybe it was already closed, and so he just, like, put it in the I car. Think, I think
0: but, the like... assumption,
1: oh, well, that that is true. But I think the thing with the assumption with, um, with the toys going missing, I think it's just mom. You know, you think mom put them where you asked them to. Oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I guess. But like, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like mom also must have like, like, okay, when Woody then gets stolen from like the cash box or whatever, yeah. like Woody's mom, or like Andy's Woody's mom, mom, must mom... Have
1: been... Yeah, honestly, I would not... <laughs> so that's like, so the minute, but but what makes our short film we need I'm for two is Andy's <laughs> mom like struggling to find Woody and be like, how do I explain this stuff? And then going up to the room being like, wait, where's Buzz?
2: <laughs> where's... I can't even give him Buzz when he's back. Yeah, What's yeah. going on? Also, side note, I did not remember at all before we were watching these movies. And And he just just shows up at the end. He's, He's like, what the? Okay, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. all of a sudden I, your your child has new toys that uh, you didn't buy for them. They didn't bring back from summer camp. They just well, okay,
1: maybe... I, I guess maybe I could see the argument that maybe, like, he, fought, she, mom, had I been mean, like, maybe, because so, he went to cowboy camp, so I guess maybe she could be like, okay. Yeah, and I guess
2: he didn't say, like, oh, these were off my bed, when like, I Yeah, whatever,
1: yeah, but, but I, that's, like, but sorry, go on. Oh, we're no, sure.
2: no, no, I was just saying that, like, I didn't remember, or maybe you didn't realize as a child that Andy's mom was a single parent, uh it's not yeah. that that's well it's because the they couldn't
1: animate other. men it was one of the things they couldn't figure out in the first one they couldn't figure out how to animate adult men i what think that it, is it yeah and then what is
2: difficult about animating adult men
1: it's i don't know it was i think it was just something was like how do we differentiate him from andy type of thing i, I, I kind of because think, too, you know you have
0: that it's kind of because i feel like there were men when they come into this party and you're like looking out at the parents and stuff like that i feel like maybe more the answer I think is a pizza planet too, like, you see a couple too yeah and they also had sid so I think, and there's a, Sid's Well, Sid's dad. not a man. Sid's since a, since a, well, I think, it's like a 10 I think old. the issue is more like, you can say technically it's darn, it's hard to have like more than one person. And then also I think there's just the, like Disney Nickelodeon, like why don't, just single parent, whatever. They can go yeah. on dates. I,
1: I think, um, a <laughs> plot. One thing I do want to talk about before we talk about the ending is Buster who oh, yeah. uh, i remember being very emotional it's not even emotional it's like it's one of those things where the movie treats us as a joke but like it does always especially when you watch them very i assume more for you because you watch them back to back but whenever you watch two and three like right back to back and it's like buster is a puppy in one of them and about to die in the next <laughs> one and it's just like oh this hurts so much to like see this yeah and yeah it's one of those things where it is treated like like at the end where he's like he says bye to Buster. I got a little emotional there, too, because I was just thinking, like, it, that might be it, That might be it, you know? Yeah. You don't know. A lot of people, like, my brother, when we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago in our up episode, but when we put my dog down growing up, my brother wasn't there for it. My brother was in Ireland. He found out about it afterwards. So, mm. but. Yeah. One of those things, where it's like, oh, that's really, because Buster was got for Andy anyway, and it's like, no way well, you're going to take him with you. I don't know. I think the Buster stuff. I think the, the Buster, Buster thing is by,
0: No, What? You wouldn't take your dog to college, would you?
1: Yeah, you would. What about Scraps?
0: Well, I'm well. Scraps, Not my dog, Scraps but was really Scraps was a dog like, that was in our house. I thought that was a big like. We yeah. So there's a dog named Scraps. Someone, say, I don't like
1: Scraps. What does this go? Where? I thought you said you were gonna
2: feed your dog Scraps for a second. No, no. Like, uh, like,
1: my my roommate. Um, my housemate. In my senior year, brought his dog Scraps to live with us. Well,
0: Scrap, which is
1: why I thought I told you I have a couple of things because I, I was going to tag the movie as with Torts. I have yeah. a couple of movies tagged in the letterbox as with Scraps because there are movies that I just watched at the house where Scraps just hung out with me, and I was like, okay, yeah. Or like the Phantom of the Opera, I'm pretty sure. Do you remember that? Were you there when I watched Phantom of the Opera with Scraps? I think you
0: told me about it after the fact.
1: There's that part that you've seen Phantom of the Opera, right? Yeah, yeah. In uh, the music of the night. Uh, Oh, wait, no, it's in the family of the opera, like the song, the Family of the opera, where they go like, oh, oh, oh. so. Wh- I watched the whole movie, and then at the end, I rewound back to that scene to show the people there, and we just all started screaming, oh, 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 and Scott's just like, oh, and it was so great.
3: Well, oh, I, I, think I wonder how he's doing.
0: Scraps was an but, exception. I see more posts yeah. online about people like, I'm back to see my dog after being away at college. And yeah. they've got like a picture of their dog. That seems very weird. Especially because of like how near death Buster appears in this movie. Yeah. Which is, they don't really acknowledge it. I feel like that's kind of a weird thing I felt watching this was like, like, I don't I know. I
1: mean, but who's going to. I don't think. I don't think Woody. I, mean, I think Woody doesn't want to acknowledge it, which is fine. I think. They don't. They don't need to acknowledge it. Uh, I, I don't need to see the toys mourning the death. The pre. I don't need to see them pre grieving the death of a, a Buster. That's a Succession reference. Um, but I'm saying it to Michaela. The listeners, I hope. caught I feel it. like that's We're a
0: life explaining. reference that Succession made. It's, it's I've never life.
1: heard the term pre grieving before Succession this season. Oh, honestly, I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It well, whatever. Sorry. No. Is it Have just... you? Is that a phrase?
2: I don't know if I've heard it, but I mean, obviously, I know what it means, and it yep. tracks. Like, it makes yeah. sense, but...
1: Um, but what I was going to say about Buster's, I feel like when he appears, is like, I mean, yeah, you hear Andy's going to college, you see older Andy, but that's when it really is, like, people grow old, you know? Like, you, you can see Molly and Andy, like, being older kids, but seeing Buster, like, on Death's Door is really, like... Man, <laughs> getting old, like when those things back, getting old sucks.
0: <laughs> there should be some kind of solution to this. I don't think that Woody should. There is no solution. Dogs be, just get old. Yeah, but like, why does Woody call him up and be like, Oh, oh I, for, I forgot, I forgot you're old. This, sorry. It's I mean, been a but oh, well, Woody was in a box. I guess when that was, was yeah? When was the last time they, were, they had
1: a toy emergency? Andy is like what, seventeen, eighteen? And going off to school, when was, like, the last time they probably got seriously played with was maybe, what, I would say if he's 18, probably seven years ago. Like, and that would be, like, actually played with. I'm not, like, maybe, like, 20, like, why the fuck do you have these toys here? Oh, I don't know. Like, just put them back. I, I got to move them someday. Because he keeps them in his room, which I do think is very interesting. Like, they haven't been moved to the attic yet. But granted, I do the say I did the same thing. I have all my toys in my closet, too, just because I don't check my closet space ever when I'm at home. Yeah. But his, but his toys are out. <laughs> Which yeah. is very, like, but I also, what I also noticed, that I thought was interesting, was in the production design of his room, the poster is still, the Woody, the Buzz poster from the first movie is still up. He never bought, and it's not even covered up. It's just there. He just never bothered taking it down, which I think is interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it also might be one of those things where, like, I had a SpongeBob poster in my room until, like, my junior year of college, just because I never took it down type of thing. Because I, you know, yeah. but even then, though, like, that wasn't whatever you know I didn't ever use I'm someone who never used my room Andy looks like he uses his room
0: so one thing I do think the film does a good job of cap- capturing is like the slipperiness of being a kid and also your memory like Michaela you mentioned that it's like what's up with our memories and all the like did they not notice these things but I think that's like mm-hmm. I definitely remember just acquiring toys from friends and you know, coming home from something and it's like, oh, I got this from somebody else. Or, you know, especially because, like, Pokemon cards were a thing. That's something that is, like, this child economy that runs completely independent of the parents. And then there's also, like, all the stuff your parents will just... Maybe they got it for you, like, years ago and you didn't remember it and then appears, like, in your room another time. And I think that all of this stuff about keeping the toys in the room is part of that. I was that way, too. I had toys in my room probably until I like left home and then still after just because it was like the room where all the stuff could be kept
1: mark do you want to talk about your favorite character in this movie the the chatter telephone
0: the chatter telephone oh my gosh i'm so glad that you reminded me of my favorite character that i messaged you about on end and i'm glad that you brought it up (laughs) what do you mean
1: (laughs) i just remember whenever we talked about teddy newton we bring up oh yeah he was the chatter telephone in toy story three that's literally it. Whenever we because this is an animator who does some stuff at Pixar too, and he does other voices for Pixar, and it's always like, oh yeah, he's the chatter. Like when you hear this voice, in there, like he's a um, he's in um Incredibles the this, this little rat is guilty okay. guy, but like you still like, oh yeah, it's the chatter telephone guy.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, I remember now. <laughs> um, well, no, I don't want to talk about Speaking this memory. because my negativity sparks. All of this, and I don't want that to continue. How this? Oh, goes. is it
1: because you don't like how they break him? I don't I mind how they break him. I just, it.
0: I don't like, I don't like the whole prison break thing. You know, this is one of my biggest problems with Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a big part of the movie. We should is, probably
1: talk about it. It's, it's, it's a, the gigantic thirty minutes in the middle of the movie.
0: I mean, great. They've reskinned a prison break. This is exactly my problem with Guardians of the Galaxy. One is like when they get into the prison. It's like, all right, we do the wide panning shot around the main hall everyone's green but they like turn around look at you cut back to the two of them walking forward with their tray tables i'm like writing this in my mind you know i'm sorry this this is this is me getting like dark on a rant now about another film entirely but i like so
1: i think because we talked about this actually in our recent ride episode is toy story is all about scale and i do think the way this utilizes the scale of the daycare is really cool I like the bit where even, like, Woody escapes early on, which isn't even a prison break. It's just a you know, him... It's the, I don't think that's framed like a prison break scene. I think it's just framed like, oh, Woody, Woody's being resourceful. And I love the way, like, the bathroom is played. And, like, with him like, jogging a little bit on the toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, and good. stuff like that. But, I, like, Woody seems a lot smaller in this movie to me. But I think it's just because the movie is very... Whereas the first movie it was kind of the scale just kind of happened just because it was their limitations in trying to figure it out this is very much like no we are going to make a movie that is entirely like what would it be like to break out of a daycare even though yes it does i would agree i think it does do a bit too much genre direct genre parody mm-hmm. than it being fun because i think in it also in its own sense i think for genre parody for a prison break movie and a pixar movie i would go with finding Nemo better i think finding Nemo does this genre parody way better
3: that's right, um. they did this
1: already. What are, I totally <laughs> forgot there's a prison break in Nemo.
2: That's also a huge thing.
1: <laughs> what do you think of Mark uh, and, and Michaela? What do you think of the uh, the flashback sequence with Lotso?
2: Hmm.
1: I think that's another big pivotal part. of the- He got
2: left in the same field as Jesse. <laughs> well, no, I do think
1: there is like there is something to be said that like Lotso is like punished Jesse. He is he is a uh, mm-hmm. I think every Toy Story villain in its own way, including Gabby Gabby in the fourth one. I think all of them are like wh- what besides okay besides the first one, but all of them are like what if Woody in the first one did this instead. Um, what if he behaved worse, or like something happened to him in his upbringing that changed him, mm-hmm. and like you know, and Jesse isn't the villain of two, but she is presented like what if Woody was abandoned, and whereas Lotso is playing off of that, what if Jesse was abandoned, went on, oh, okay, here's what I think: Lotso is Woody. If Woody did Toy, the plot of Toy Story came back and was replaced. Finished? Like that is what, like it is the realization of Buzz replacing him actually happening to somebody. Like not the overreaction of like I'm being replaced by a space ranger. It's the act of being totally replaced. And I think that is what make Lot- what makes lots of such an intriguing character. I don't know if he's an interesting character, but he's an intriguing character mm-hmm. where it's like at the end where I'm like, he's committed so much crimes against toy humanity. Um, but it's like, because oh, you kind of get it. Of course, he thinks everyone is replaceable. This is what this is what a person who legitimately thinks everyone is replaceable is. Yeah. And it's something that could never really exist in a film about humans because you can say humans are replaceable, but it's not like a toy where you can get a mass market clone of what you had off right. of it. And I think, I think the flashback sequence and lots. We can talk about lots as a character too, if we want to, right now. Mm. Uh, I think that is what, make Lo- what makes Lotso so intriguingly evil in a way that I don't think you can do in a movie that, like, I don't think you can do, like, a Finding Nemo movie with a character like Lotso, or, like, yeah. trying to think of, like, another studio, like a Shrek movie. I don't think you can do a Shrek movie with a villain like Lotso. Even if the fairy godmother was like, everyone can be replaced, I'm like, that's not the same exact thing as what Lotso is.
0: Mm-hmm. I do think, and this is kind of moving away from what you found so intriguing about him, but I do think he's, like, one of the most evil-feeling villains that... Maybe the top one that we've found. I think other characters... I think everyone else
1: is motivated by fear in one way, and Lotso is like, I've experienced the worst, there's nothing that could be worse for me, so I don't give a shit about anyone else. Yeah. Um, I think even Hopper, who's, like, a demagogue, or, like syndrome who is obviously like murdered all the supers it's all comes from a place of feeling like he was left out as a kid lots so yeah he was left out but he's already moved on he's like there's no way to fix that part of me so i don't even care anymore which i think makes him gives him a certain level of he he's accepted that he's evil which makes him worse
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's also like obviously hopper rules through fear and violence but he also has like charisma i think and uh, like months has months is like refined for whatever reason Lazzo's like sweetness does not cover up how violent he is
1: because every toy even all of his assistants are terrified of him besides the baby Mm -hmm. the baby isn't terrible the baby's just with him because the baby knows him but everyone like you can see like ken and the like the octopus and all of them are just like uh, like as soon as they're like oh we have a new recruit they're going be like oh okay we have a new recruit okay okay like yeah. you know they they, they don't want to get on lots of bad side at all
0: that shot of the baby <sighs> looking at the moon is so haunting and I think it like, really is
1: it's a yeah. great shot mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah and and just kind of like spin everything I've been saying into a positive I think this is one of the most effective films we've watched in terms of v- visceral discomfort anyway for me do you like the monkey? oh well yeah that too it's just it's like, I was reading review- contemporary reviews and they described it as, like, a horror film. And I think that's where it really, like... You know that opening shot of Melancholia? You can't exactly say why it is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. But it just, like, is. I get, like, that kind of I haven't
1: seen it, Iver. Don't worry.
0: From You haven't seen uh my- oh, Go on.
1: No, you can make your point. You can make your point. It's okay. Uh,
0: well, it's... Sorry. No, No, I mean, that's basically my point, is that just, like, from the color design it's like the dumpster to the scale to the things that Lotso does to control the other toys it's all so upsetting and I think it really makes the ending hit harder I was thinking so much about like man this this grass is so green when they're like he's showing her Jesse and all those characters it's so nice when they get to the end
1: I want to talk about well, it's just actually it's a very specific joke, but it's uh it's around with, it's with so and it's the Barbie joke that we like you know where I, I always I always see that joke. That's I feel like that is the one meme of this movie besides maybe Jesse and Buzz like looking sad at in the incinerator, is the meme of the Barbie line where she's like the consent of I, I wish I had the line in front of me. Oh yeah, but like the consent of the governed should rule law, not tyranny or something like that. But what makes that joke funny isn't her delivery. It's Ham and Mateo looking at each other and shrugging. That's what (laughs) makes it hilarious to me. It's I'm going, Oh, this is a good point. She's just (laughs) preach like I I was thinking about that earlier when you were talking about how every character has to comment on every joke, but I'm like, yeah, I see what you're saying, but that in that particular moment, that is what sells that as a good joke. Because it's not really like bashing on barbie anyway to have that reaction shot it's a uh, it just makes it funny that of course those two guys are like uh ah, ah, he's just, like you know it's th- those two are probably like the most like blue collar people of the toy story gang so i mean like oh yeah, yeah. she's got one uh, i don't know i like that bit it's a good bit do you,
0: it's do you, a good bit yeah agreed we're gonna get a
1: full movie of those bits this summer i can't wait oh my god do you ever think about dying what? I haven't actually watched the trailer. Yeah,
0: well, the, the new the new trailer has brought me back on board for Barbie after the previous trailer ended with ended I, with me being thumbs down for Barbie. Now I'm thumbs up for Barbie once again. I, I
1: didn't watch the new trailer, but I have been sending a reaction gift to everyone of... of Do you ever think about dying? <laughs> have, you, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Everyone, everyone's on board. I actually was very pleasantly surprised. Michaela, uh, yesterday when I came in, we talked about Barbie Oppenheimer... And she was like, Oh yeah, it's a double feature. And I was like, I'm glad this has like gotten out of like the film broke culture where other people are talking about Barbie Oppenheimer as a concept that everyone has to go see these movies back to back. But should we talk about the ending of Toy Story? 3? What are your thoughts? I think it is a beautiful ending. <laughs> 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 uh, to talk like are we talking about like the ending, ending like, or are we talking about the third act, which begins with the incinerator stuff? Or are what are we talking you about talking about,
0: which, you know, about? You were like we should talk know. about what, what this. Do you, what do you want to talk about with the
1: ending? What do you no? Because I remember you tried to talk about the ending. I was like let's hold, table it. So I'm asking this is for Michaela. Like, where, where, do we want to talk about the incinerator stuff again, or do we want to talk about the more the actual like ending? ending?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the ending, ending, I feel like, reminded me of this thing that I'm sure I saw on Facebook probably when I was in, like, high school or college, where it was, like, there was a time when you, like, last, like, played on the playground, or, like, last played with your toys, or, like, last did something when you, like, that's, like, a kid thing, and, like, you didn't realize that was your last time, Yeah. and so there was, like, something that was, like seeing Andy like get the chance to play with the toys one last time share these toys with someone who was going to take like really good care of them and kind of continue the story in some ways um I don't know I thought that was like a really I think that's a cool
1: I think that's a really interesting way to put it because I never thought in a way it makes it um a mirror um thematic thing to Luca because I think Luca in its core is about have you seen Luca Mm -hmm. okay I think Luca at its core is about the friend you and I this is not my original idea. The director has said in interviews, like this is what I wanted the movie to be about somewhat. It's at its core about the person like you had your first ice cream with that you don't necessarily yeah. remember. Um and I think that's interesting to look at this movie as a mere way of that where it's they're both about nostalgia in a way, but this gives you the rare opportunity to do what you're talking about, but Andy knows that this is the last time he's playing with those toys. Yeah. He knows. like he knows he's not a I don't know, the ending of this movie like, I do want to actually talk about something that is, I would consider as part of the ending, but is before that, which is what is, this has made me, maybe not the first time I watched it, but I know at least like when I was watching it at home and hit me, I find the moment when Andy's mom looks at the room to be completely breathtaking and like completely always gets me. It's the one moment in the entire franchise where the central metaphor is made text, where, you know, Woody is really a parent to Andy. That yeah. is what these characters are. These toys are parents to Andy. And this thing where Woody looks at Andy's mom being willing to let go and realizing he needs to do the same thing is just something that, like, even talking about it now, I'm, like, getting chills talking about. I think it is one of those things where, you know, like, you had the bond, like, the thing planted of Andy's mom obviously is important to Andy in all these movies and the toys as, like, a parental figure. But in a way, that's the one time in these movies that really comes home and is important for Woody to see Andy's mom do something. And... Even without that, I think as a moment in a vacuum of a mom tearing up, seeing her child's bedroom empty as she's about to send her first kid out to college, it's 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 boyhood. Like it, it's that movie boy the boyhood when Patricia Arquette's like, I just thought there'd be more. It's like that is the. It's just a lot always to take in. Is like that is it is seeing the end of an 18 year journey. That yeah, you're always gonna have Andy, but it's not gonna be the same um it's never gonna be the same and it's gonna have to be different and i don't know i just find it just to be a breathtaking moment in the movie and mm-hmm. this time more than ever i think it, it finally clicked with me that 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 the point of that moment isn't to give andy's mom a moment, it's to give it's i <laughs> to be like it's not andy's mom's story it's woody's story but that scene is in there so that way woody can have the epiphany that is what gives woody the realization that he needs to go too with his friends mm-hmm. um which I think is a key difference in differentiating this between the decision at the end of three where he like I want to stay with my friends and the decision at four where it's like I want to go off with Bo. Because I do think it is important it's for for Woody to reach the end of his fourth film arc which is to discover what independence actually is. Because even in this movie he's like why would you want to be played with other kids at once yeah. which is completely against where he ends up forwards. So of course I want to be played with different kids because it's a step towards autonomy and towards realizing that he can be independent. He doesn't need to invest himself in a human. Um, and in this, it's like, it's he He will always have Andy. He will always love Andy. But he doesn't need to be there for Andy because part of the knowing you did the job right is that you don't have to be there anymore mm-hmm. as a parent. Yeah. I say that as someone who is not a parent, but...
2: And kind of goes yeah. to, maybe not existential questions about the toys, but, like, just this idea of, like, as a toy, you're not there to, like, be sat on a shelf and, like, watch someone then, like, live their life or whatever. You, you know, your role as a toy is to continue to enrich children's lives. Because people always
1: want, talk like, about, like, like, I remember that. at the time people were like, no, but Andy should have kept him to give his kids. But I'm like, yeah, but, like, in real life... Like, I always say, like, I kept my toys so I could give them to my kids. But it's like, no, whenever I have a kid, like, why would they want, like, a Buzz Lightyear toy? Like, an old Buzz Lightyear toy? Why would they want, like, my stuff? Like, I mean, you, you can pass down some things. And there is such things as pa- Like, Woody is said to be a passed down toy. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the big fan theory, you know. It comes from Andy's dad. There's nothing proven about that. But, like, you know, that's the big fan theory. Um, but, like, beyond that, it's like, why would anyone ever... You know, really, like why would you give a kid a Rex? Why would you give your kid Rex? Why would you give your kid a Ham? Other than to do the thing where it's like this is Mr. Doctor Poor Chop from when I was growing up. But like even then, it's like it means so much more to give them away when you're done with high school. It means so much more to give them away when you know like I'm not a kid anymore. Not 20 years down the road. It's like oh I have kids of my own. Yeah, great. It's not the same thing as giving them away. You know, when when he chooses to. And I also think to talk more about the moment that. I think you actually want to talk about, which is him giving it away. I love, it's not a cheat, it's not a cheat, but you, it's tempting to call it a cheat, is that there's a POV shot from the box that Andy is, not, like, the, the box that Woody should be in. The Like, the camera shows yeah. you the box, and it cuts yeah. to the POV of the box, so you think it's Woody watching it. But, in that, but it's also, like, you know, you watch it, and it's like, of course Woody has to be there, because the way this is also set up is it's the end of a trilogy even at the time they're like yeah we were definitely working on four it's like okay the way this is framed is it's the end of the movies we're giving each toy a curtain call right this is this is uh jesse this is rex and i always start crying when he like says like it's not it's the things he says is like you you know these toys have been waiting like they don't they didn't think he cared about him anymore and like being like this is rex he's the scariest dinosaur ever whereas in all these movies rex has been terrified absolutely like pet, like his entire thing is anxiety over like is he good enough for andy and being like no yeah he's the scariest dinosaur ever that's exactly what he wants to like everything they say is exactly what these toys have wanted to hear for years like jesse will never give up on you ever after she feels like emily gave up on you okay. it's like everything they say is what you want to hear And I think he says, I can't remember what he says about Jesse. That's what he says about Woody. But I think, like, saying, I don't know, what gets me every time is when he's like, Buzz Lightyear is the coolest toy of ever. Like, because even if Woody is his favorite toy, Buzz is the coolest. And I think that is in its own way validating to Buzz. Especially when, you know, the beginning makes a very big deal out of, like, it wouldn't actually be, I feel like that is one of the things where it's like, come on, like, you know he's going to pick Woody. He's not going to actually be like, which one do I take? No, you're not going to take both of them. You're. Not, it's weird enough that you're taking Woody. You're not going to take two toys to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that Buzz is like, oh, he didn't pick me, is like, come on, man. You, you knew, at this point, you knew. You, you knew that Woody is uh, over you on the hierarchy. But I think in its own way, Buzz hearing like, he's the coolest toy ever is, I think also in a way, it's not only passing it down, it's like being able to pass him down with such specific specific you know what I mean like being so specific where it's the like this playlist. is this is it's like it's not like this is a piggy bank this is ham but he's also known as Dr. Port Chop this is Rex like this is not just a dinosaur toy this is Rex you cannot rename him he doesn't say that but it's like these are their names. Yeah yeah and I think it's obviously you know the ending when he finds Woody in there and oh uh, this the thing that always makes me sob with this movie, like this is like I, I will like be lightly crying but it's the moment when Bonnie reaches for Woody and Andy instinctually like grabs him back. And it's just like, that's such a real like gesture. And that is where to me, like the, I've always said like, I consider the best animated like Pixar movie at all to still be, I say still be, but it's still a recent one is Coco. And the reason Coco is so well animated is not because of the details, not because of the lighting, which is all really great. It's because of how every scene you can watch Miguel And his face is constantly changing, and it never feels unnatural. They have in At Coco, that is the one where they finally crack that. Like these characters are always alive, even when you're not looking. And it's same with. It's not just Miguel; it's all the characters in that movie are constantly like have all these micro expressions like going through them, where you can understand you can both understand exactly what they're thinking, and it never feels unnatural. Um, And I think that is the big innovation with Toy Story Three is that moment where it's like. Because also the toys are so much more expressive than this than they were in the first two. Um, I can't think of specific moments, but they're definitely like the way their faces move. Mm-hmm. But that moment in particular is like such a instinctual, real moment where Andy doesn't want to let go of his childhood, and you can tell while watching it. You know, everyone, everyone watching that movie if they're older knows exactly what that feeling is. Is you don't want to let go of this thing, but you have to. Mm-hmm. That's that's my filibuster on the end of Toy Story three. <laughs>
0: There's a good filibuster,
1: Michaela. What do you think, Mark of the End? Great. Oh, or Michaela. <laughs> well, Michaela, Mikaela already gave her this one. Michaela, <laughs> you can respond to my filibuster if you'd like.
2: No, no, I I won't probably respond with a filibuster, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the like you mentioned this, Danny, but the idea of basically the toys just being there, like, in these constants of your life and like having these sentimental attachments to things that, like, anyone else would see these objects and be like, eh, whatever, like, it's just blah. But, like, to have these sentimental attachments, like, now that I am older, like, I still have, like, a stuffed animal that I've had since I was, like, 14. Uh, I mean, I have, like, all of these things still from, like, when I was a kid that, like, it's really hard to get rid of even if, like, they are just, like, sitting on a bookshelf or whatever. And they're not... I don't know. Like, there's something about now watching it as someone who's now gone off to college gone off to grad school like made multiple moves and now I'm gonna make a move again this summer like just thinking about the attachment to objects that like you develop just because like they're somehow around and they were around at pivotal moments and like I don't know they, yeah, yeah something like this so I don't know yeah just it's really hard to watch the ending just it's sad because you're thinking of like the times of like trying to bring yourself maybe to get rid of something because you don't have enough space or whatever. And it's like, no, but even if I don't have enough space, I will like somehow make space for this thing because even though no one else maybe understands this, like this is something that I want to keep with me. It would be too hard to get rid of it. No one is going to maybe appreciate it the way I would. Um, And so maybe there was something that were with Woody. We're like, If Bonnie hadn't met Woody earlier in the film, I don't think she would have been, like, that excited to see him. And Andy probably would have just been, like, oh, oops, sorry. And, like, kept it in the box or whatever. But, like, because she had this attachment to the cowboy doll and Andy got to see this, he knew that, like, she was also going to take care of him. Which
1: is one one of the reasons why I don't want to be, like, so hard on 4 because I do like 4. But it's really one of those things where it's, like, it's really... I've never done it. I don't think watching three and four back to back would ever be good because I do think that is something that feels very, and it works for the story of four and it makes total sense, but I just do not think it is appropriately set up here, if that makes sense. I think she seems pretty psyched to find Woody even on like the uh, the branch early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, she gets a girl cowboy later, which is like the big thing that she likes Jesse way more than Woody, but I, I still kind of don't it entirely the setup of 4 even though I get once you get past that I think it is a good movie but I do get why people kind of a lot of people do have like this instinctual negativity towards 4 because that end, that the ending does not set it up and, and I said, I don't mean like oh there's a or I mean it literally like it hinges Andy giving Woody to Bonnie hinges on Bonnie already caring about yeah. Woody a ton mm-hmm. so being like no actually she doesn't is kind of like that wasn't there though you know yeah that's that's four that's not this movie
0: well but what do you think about the ending mark great it's a weird scene i it's weird that it's like grown-ass kid walking up it is something where i always
1: do remember people being like someone walking down the street's gonna be like what the hell is this like random like 18 year old doing playing with the neighbors like is that like a cousin i've never seen
0: before but, yeah, well, so- they kind of try to set it up, but then she, then she says, Andy, wow, you're so grown. And it's like, well, that was maybe, could have been a different line so that you kind of know yeah. them. And why don't they know them? I don't know, like, maybe it's because they, maybe it's like- because they needed to have this idea, like, right now, and Bonnie couldn't have been, like, a presence in their lives before this. That yeah. kind of makes sense, but it's still, like, you know, you got to, take one thing and lose another.
1: I do like also, I want to say very quickly at the beginning of the scene, I also like the animation of Bonnie hiding behind her mom. Mm-hmm. I think that is very much what sells also the idea that Andy has to introduce them all in a way that really shows talking on her level. He has to go, to, he has to talk on her level in a way and introducing these, like they're real people. Mm-hmm. Can't be like, here are my toys. This is this. is He has to actually sell her on them. Yeah. In a way, because she doesn't know who he is. And I think that also is why like, I think that's probably why they came to the conclusion like, she can't know who he is because we have to have him feel the need to sell her on these. Yeah. Because that's what would give these toys the most gratification.
0: I will say, I don't really mind as soon as he begins introducing him because then it's like, okay, that's what this scene is. This is all, this is this unreal moment where he's going to introduce every toy, but it's kind of what we all want so like it's yeah. okay it is, whatever
1: so it, well, y'all, it's, it's literally like the perfect idealized ending for what these characters would want and think they would never get i really like the final button on it which isn't the so long partner which is like the thing that everyone always would quote from the movie but i love that as soon as like he's like oh wait you guys haven't met bonnie's toys so the it gives you this little bit of closure in and of itself that woody is already content like he's not going to mope around about andy <clears> going he's ready to move on and introduce himself to his new friends there's no he knows he did the right thing. There is no second guessing on it. I think that's a very important little bit as the camera pans up to so the clouds the start of the first movie, you know great stuff. And then you get and then you get the uh, the stuff at the end where you, they play wacky music so you can compose yourself before you leave the theater. Yeah. That is why it's there And that's why I, I get mad still at Coco where like because this is the same director of Coco, which is why I keep comparing it is um Coco does not give you that. they just play the sad song again. And they add new lyrics that make you cry again that you didn't have earlier that make it even more sad. (laughs) So it's like, uh, Mm ugh. Do we think this movie has changed the
0: world? No. I think it did for a bit. And then I made a fourth one. Why do you think it changed the world?
2: That's a big statement. I mean, you have it in our notes as
0: how this movie change the world, oh. which I don't ever remember being a question. I don't, I'm looking
1: at our guest now, and I'm like, I don't remember that being a question we have.
0: Well, I think I have all that if we really need something to talk about, but I think we've kind of said it all. so.
1: Oh, well, okay, but then we, I mean to read I mean the one underneath, because we do always ask this at the end before we do totally wrap it up. And I just realized I haven't given Michaela the prop that I should have on one of these. But it's okay, because she's getting the same experience a lot of our guests get. But how does this make us feel about Pixar? That's the that's sentence we usually end on before we give our thing at the end.
2: Cool, I can go last.
1: Well, no, but well, this isn't this is something you need to prep on. <laughs> this is, the other thing is the one that you'll go last on. Everyone's tough. Bad. Um,
0: one and done. Next. You think this is bad? I don't like that they made a third Toy Story movie. Mark, you can't just drop the theme in the
1: episode and
3: not like expound.
0: What? I mean, I, I do
1: kind of get where you're coming from, but I, I you got to expound for the listener. Because the entire podcast, I've been very positive on the movie. You've been like, yeah, I guess it's good. And Michaela's been positive on the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, they shouldn't have made this.
3: Also, what are last you talking night, about?
2: Last night, Danny was, Danny got your message about like, oh, I like hate this already or whatever. And Danny was like, I don't want to have to go on this podcast tomorrow and be like super pro this movie. And I do, like this still,
1: movie. I do think it's, I do think it's, I think the second is easily way better than this. Mark, expound why you don't think this should be a third. I know you're like, okay, we're done. uh, No, they shouldn't have made it like that. You can't just say that at the end of us praising the movie. I mean,
0: (laughs) just for everything I've said already, it's like nice to. So you think two was a good enough ending? Yeah, I mean, it also just doesn't need to be a good enough ending. It just it should end. That's all that's important. Like you don't need you don't need closure. It's just. If you had like a good movie, you have a good movie. I think that's kind of one of my frustrations with this whole thing is that like, under all of this, I actually think it's kind of unhealthy to have like a strong connection to inanimate objects. <laughs>
1: that's what this entire <laughs> franchise is about, <laughs> man.
0: Well, you yeah, got to go through that thing. Real <laughs> thing. So I can't be like, I can't be mad about something that is real in the world. It's actually a like these these movies are full of like true observations about things yeah, Toy Story 2 was fine, and they should just have adventures, or they should, you know, do whatever you want, and if you have, like, these concepts about how toys are real in the world, you can, like, write them down yourself, or or something like that, but you don't need the filmmakers to come in and be like, you know what else is a food that you can put eyes on? Tortilla. All right, writer's room. What do we got? We got bananas. We got kuk. Cum- What's the funniest food? Tortilla. That's what think, goes in the movie.
1: Is this something is this is something we never mentioned on this podcast, which we don't need to bring in and out, but with my tour theory with Pixar, which is that like Pixar directors, Pixar is one of the few, even though they have a brain trush, each of their directors do have a different viewpoint. I do think it is very obvious this was made by someone who did not make the first two, or at least did not direct the first two. Uh, I think its sense of humor is a bit different. It's definitely way darker. And I also think that you can see the seeds here for Coco of giving you a very dark but very emotionally resonant film. But obviously Coco is a much tighter film and a much – I think it's pretty safe to say. I guess, maybe you disagree with me. I think Coco – I've said it multiple times. I think it is probably Pixar's best film of everything. But I also think – if you don't agree with that, I think most people would say top five. Yeah, which Coco's is really good. Which is saying a lot always because Coco came out in 2017 and all the other ones that were in top five came out probably like 15, 20 years right, ago. Right,
3: right.
0: So. Well, but to talk about Pixar as a company, I still just don't think they should have made a third movie. I just don't think there's I mean, like...
1: It was the only thing there was like a condition of them being bought. <laughs> it is a contractually obligated... This and Cars 2 are both kind of contractually obligated
0: movies. Yeah. In their own way. Yeah, I just... Which
1: isn't a defense of it. I think this is a much better... Con... Like, even though I am a defender of Cars I think this is probably the best outcome you could get from a contractually obligated Toy Story 3. Besides, maybe the present—maybe you can come up with something better than just Prison Break, but I don't know. I was going to say what I think about with Pixar with this is I think it's very interesting to look at because this begins the decade of sequels. This is 2010, mm-hmm. and 2010 goes to 2019, which ends in Toy Story 4, and you get so many sequels in there, and I think Toy Story 3 gives you a bit of a... Even though, Mark, I know you disagree and you don't like it, I think at the time... And even now, Toy Story 3 does have a very positive reputation. I think Toy Story 3 gives you a false promise that Pixar is only going to do sequels when they have at least a really great. I don't want to be like, because I don't. I really don't. I even think at the time it was kind of like the Prison Break stuff is kind of weird. But I think the idea was they didn't. They only made this because they wanted to give you a concise ending. And by the time Toy Story 4 comes around, it's like okay, so these were to make money, right? So I think this gives you a false promise of we're only giving you a sequel if you, we really come up with an idea of it, which is kind of like when people are like. Cars 2, well, okay, maybe they could improve on the first one, and then, you know, everyone was against it. And then by the time Monsters U was announced, it was kind of like, okay, so I guess these are just to make money, you know, and yeah. it was kind of this whole... I think Toy Story 3 is a bit of a false
0: promise. Oh, I totally disagree. I feel like this telegraphs that for me.
1: I don't know. But we all agree the ending is great, That's my point, is I think the ending is very... Because it's like, we made this so these... Sto- because the Toy Story 3 was sold on, we made this so we could have an ending. And then by the end of the decade, we have a fourth movie, right? That—that—that's my point. Is like you go to this movie thinking they're giving it to give us an ending, mm-hmm. give us a closure, and then by the time the decade comes across, it's like okay, now these are to fund the other things, and now we have a Toy Story five announced, and probably after Elemental bombs, we'll get like another sequel announced of some kind. I don't know what, but yeah, I. I i am actually still surprised we don't have like a finding like hank or a finding marlin announced i think that to me would have made way more sense to announce mm-hmm. than an, um toy story 5 yeah toy story 5 i don't think they'll announce incredibles 3 without brad bird on board though i think they don't want to burn that bridge um because there's always a potential he will come back to work for them in other capacities and he's a very in-demand person whereas andrew stanton's working within disney right now so i think They could get him on board for something,
0: probably. Well, those are my thoughts. I turn it over to y'all.
1: Yeah, wait, Michaela, what do you think about... What does this say about Pixar? What does this make you feel about Pixar?
2: These are all good ideas. Uh, (laughs) Mm. I feel like uh, you're right. Like, the Toy Story 3... Felt like at the time it was supposed to be like Toy Story 3 feels to me like a good, appropriate sequel, um, which I feel like in general in franchises isn't always the case. And I feel like this was generally a time when a sequel, you know, didn't maybe have to happen, but I feel like, you know, it makes sense. It adds up and it does give the closure that maybe people want. Um, And then the other sequels that have come from Pixar uh, have, I think, been more disappointing in a lot of ways and seem much more like we're trying to make money off Just of this for franchise me. that has a lot of toys. The next
1: movie we're covering not next week but the next movie we're covering is Cars 2 which would be my grand defense of that film. Oh my gosh, Cars but, 2. But also I was going to say I do think Finding Dory is a little underrated. Sure, I sure. I don't, yeah. Bad. I'm
2: not saying all of them are bad but like it still feels like oh we gotta try to like there was also then a stretch of time where you're right like Coco came out I think The Good Dinosaurs also Pixar. Yeah, it's, Sorry, it, it, this decade basically
1: like, has two films that are universal acclaimed after Toy Story 3 and that's Coco and Inside Out. And I know Mark doesn't like Inside Out. And also and just lot, like not
2: a lot of originals. Like, I Yeah, mean, it's co- well I'm saying say of
1: the originals it's just Coco and Inside Out that people love. Because you also got in there, you can I feel like even though Onward is 2020 I kind of counted in this era because I feel like Soul is such a clear more like, this is Pete Doctor's new sure. Pixar. Um, but beyond Onward you also got like we'll be covering in the next couple like I guess years because this is like the halfway point of the podcast in a way. Um, but we'll be covering the originals. I think are Brave, which again feels very contractually obligated because it's a princess movie. The Good Dinosaur, I think just Coco, and th- am I forgetting one in there? I don't think I am, which is kind of sad that we're about to enter sequel land.
2: I would say in general, this movie leaves me with like positive feelings about Pixar, and also like now that I've watched all three of them again, just like seeing how much. What's your I'm sure I would feel the same thing. Oh, uh, probably. We'll save our
1: rankings for the fourth one. But you can go now.
2: That's sure. All. I'm also. I maybe we'll just rank the first three. Just because. Yeah, you don't need to put four. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I also probably would still put four at the bottom, but maybe not upon. Re-watching. Well,
1: unless you had Lightyear in there, which you haven't seen. Yeah, true.
2: <laughs> uh, I would probably also go like two, three, one. Um,
1: I think that's. I I don't actually know if that's where I am I or not. Say also, I, I might also go. I don't know. Two is clearly the best. Mark, do you agree? Two is clearly the best of the ones we watched, or do you think one is better?
0: Oh well, I guess maybe two. But we talked about how they're they're good in different ways. But I guess yeah. two would maybe edge out one a little bit.
2: Sure. So yeah, two, three, one. But anyways, upon like rewatching all of these, like just seeing in terms of Pixar itself, like seeing how much, and I guess this is probably true of all animation companies, but or animation studios, but like seeing how much the films have like been able to do with more time and more access to technology and things like this. Like I feel like that was also a really cool way to also view the series upon rewatching it. So yeah,
1: I do remember, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in our fourth movie episode, but I remember how four opens with like this crazy set piece with like rain coming down a gutter. And I feel like that set piece only exists to be like, ha, you guys <laughs> thought we <laughs> couldn't upgrade from three <laughs> chokes on you. <laughs> Look yeah, at yeah. how crazy this looks. <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Um, but yeah. Alright, so Mark, do you want to explain to Michaela the thing I forgot to explain her off
0: mic? A lot of the film reviewer people like to give movies things like star ratings or number ratings. Oh, we no. like to give the film something like a physical object. Like a present. And unfortunately,
1: I've given like the last four things tickets to, to Barbie Oppenheimer so we cannot just do that no. <laughs> Sorry, go on Mark.
0: <laughs> Un- uncool. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your marker's like, damn, that one was mine. <laughs> well, <laughs> I,
0: um, <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: I actually do. You have, do you want me to go first? Because I have something to give. Sure. Or were we not done explaining? we not done. Wait, what
0: is the I, oh, well, you you just have to give a, them something like, like a, a present. So, like, if you wanted to receive or give a present, oh. you have to give them like, is it like a physical object? Is it like an experience? Or is it like, is it a performance? Is yeah. it like a concept? I don't know. That's kind of open. Okay. Up so.
1: Mine is, is related to the Barbie references we've been peppering throughout this episode, but it's a thought I had during it, which is, you know, that Michael Keaton played Barbie and Ryan Gosling is about to play Barbie, right? So I would like to give the film the opportunity to see a Batman film starring Ryan Gosling as Batman. That is what Toy Story 3 will get, is an opportunity—well, not even to see a film, to see Ryan Gosling somehow do a screen test and we get to hear his Batman voice— I want to know it. I want to... Because if Michael Keaton and Ryan Gosling can play Barbie, I mean, Ken, I want to see Ryan Gosling's Batman. Mm. So, Mark, what what are you going to give it?
0: Well, I feel... You know, I don't know. I've said, like, nothing but negative things about this movie, and I think that it is fine. (laughs) You're going to throw it in the incinerator. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I feel like the, the movie's really fine. I didn't like it, and I feel like a lot of the things I said are are pretty solid criticisms. At the end, I don't know, I'm just not a big fan of it, but I can't let that distract me from the real victims here. So you know how in the English dub, it's there's like Spanish buzz and he's fl-
1: We really didn't talk a lot about him, but it's, 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 we talked about him as much as he did in the movie actually I
3: Spanish <laughs> buzz,
0: but So like we have Spanish Buzz with all of his tropes. Now, if you listen to the Latin American audio, you get he's he's like actual Spain buzz. I've heard about that.
2: Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. Now,
0: if you listen to the Spanish, Spanish buzz, European Spanish buzz, he's doing an Andalusian accent when he's like flamenco buzz, and that's the region of southern Spain. So really, the Andalusian people are... At the bottom of this series of being the butts of jokes, and I feel like we need to make things right, right with them. <laughs> so sorry, um, I, I started laughing to... because
1: I thought you were like, "I'm going to give all the Andalusian people some high heels." I thought that's what you were going. No, because <laughs> the butt of the joke.
0: <laughs> the what? Sorry, go on. The
1: because of the, the the butt of the joke work, Barbie we talked about the bookworm, but that's all. But Fine. that's on, those sorry. are I like didn't... feet. They're not mm-hmm. on
0: the butt. Anyway, I want to give I want to give the people of Andalusia tickets to Barbie Oppenheimer, to make up <laughs> to make up for them, for, to make up for the, the disrespect. Gonna be
1: there for both those, <laughs> we're gonna fly Brad and Chris Nolan out there for dual premieres.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: So, Michaela, what do you want to give Toy Story Three?
2: Wow. Uh, well, my gift is certainly not going to measure up to the two of you who. Uh, I've thought about this way more, but I feel like the first reaction. So maybe I'm gonna do two gifts. Uh, one fine, of them we have that someone is a-
1: give like seven gifts. It's,
2: <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> it's-, it's Merry Christmas. Uh, but no, I mean like one of the gifts is just like I don't know. I feel like I want to like this. The, your gifts seem to be in a different nature, but the first thing that I thought of was like giving it like something from my childhood, basically like giving it like. I don't know, the White Sox pillow pet that I've had for, like, many, many, many years. Just because, like somehow it feels like that is then in line with this movie. Like, I don't know, give this movie a of us should have really done
1: something like, we give this movie a big speech before we give it to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) None of us went that way We were like, Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. (laughs) Greta Goodwings, Barbie. comes out soon. We're not being paid to talk about it. I
0: honestly don't. (gasps) I never give these pieces of any thought. So as soon as Danny says something, I'm like, all right, that's what I'm giving. This thing,
2: <laughs> I'm giving the thing that he said. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel like yeah. So I don't know. I would give it like my, I would my, I would contribute my own toy to include in the story. Uh, the other thing is like not possible, but I have this thing where uh, if I'm trying to like one of my icebreakers is like if you could eliminate a song or, Like a musical artist from existence, who are like, What would the song be? And so, I'm thinking, (laughs) like, I thought you (laughs) were about
1: to say the Taylor Swift thing that's going on. No, 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 I was (laughs) gonna
2: say that, like, my gift then to Toy Story 3 would be to eliminate Toy Story 4 and the remaining sequels, (laughs) like, just give it the ending it deserves.
1: (laughs) And we do, I do still like 4. It's just this is clearly designed to be an end, yeah, Yeah. it's something else. Well, um, I did want to say something else very briefly about this movie that I just thought about, which isn't about the movie. But do you guys were you guys online like during the two thousand six, two thousand seven time ish area? I, think I, had yeah. I just distinctly remember
2: didn't have internet. Oh yeah. uh,
1: well, I just distinctly remember like the photoshops for Toy Story three around more after, like before they even announced like the because you know there was a whole Disney version of this designed to be about Buzz being recalled to Taiwan that was obviously canceled as soon as pixar was bought by disney i just remember there being a lot of photoshops of the three just being basically the two but like with the top part of the two like being under it where it's like like you know what i mean like so it'd be like a very fake toy story 3 logo (laughs) i just randomly thought about that um but yeah we can start closing out well this (laughs) has
0: been a fantastic episode and michaela you've been a fantastic guest thank you so much for coming on you were great Thank you. Uh, nice to meet you, nice Mark. Nice to meet you as well. Do you have. It's a crossover episode for me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we have media people on and they like to like plug themselves or their socials or anything like that. And yeah, I mean, you want to I'd tell get... people
1: where to find you, you can. If you don't, it's fine too. Yeah. You know, one of those things.
2: <laughs> find me on Google Scholar. <laughs> my own name. There you go. You can read some of my academic articles. If you're interested in I believe us.
1: if you Google Michaela, stuff about her does come up because you've had some pretty high profile, like you know academic stuff you know over the years like yeah. scholarships and stuff so yeah yeah if you google uh, michaela's name i'm sure she- no it's, it's trying to <laughs> auto correct me too AM. i was gonna
2: say there is a michaela meyer who's a boxer i believe uh go her but I do
1: see that cmu did come up as like something that wanted to happen yeah
2: i have my own website uh, i haven't updated it in a long time yeah uh, i don't I'm, know i'm if checking the michaela meyer in- <laughs> results
1: right now i see your nastify or your netify your LinkedIn, you on the Carnegie Mellon website, your Google Scholar, right there, yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you on Academia Do you want people to follow you on edu? your Twitter
1: that you only use to retweet things.
2: I don't even know what that is, so clearly uh, I'm behind you know, on, I don't uh, know if, my media. I don't
0: know if you're behind. <laughs> You don't even have photo they either. let me on there, and I know people post papers on there because I keep getting emails from them asking if I'm the Mark Young who wrote like X Y Z about stuff. So you're <laughs> and you're like no. yeah, you're probably gotcha. better off being you on a you don't show legit up on place. image.
1: It's the first result.
2: No, you know, uh, no, I, yeah, Google Scholar. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter. I mostly don't tweet very much, except some academic stuff, and sometimes when Purdue is playing basketball, I'll tweet stuff about basketball. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my plug. If you're interested in uh, statistics at the criminal legal system, have some cool papers, I guess. Good times. Cool.
0: I guarantee we have people who are going to drive some traffic your way.
2: <laughs> cool. Great. They will be the first readers of my papers. That's not totally true, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes feels like it.
0: <laughs> no. All right. Mark, do you have a question for yeah, What, Yeah. Danny, what are we doing next time?
1: I'm very excited. I was telling Michaela this earlier. I'm really excited about this one. Because I was checking earlier. I was like, I don't know what we are doing next time. So next time we are doing a single episode of reality TV as a detour. And that is fetch with ruff ruffman season five episode four where they get a it's a pbs reality show that was kind of like survivor where you get illuminated yeah we're doing an episode on it because there was one episode where crush gave him a challenge like with turtles and i'm very excited to watch it i'm excited to watch a single episode of a pbs reality show
2: is this easily accessible on like the pbs streaming site or (laughs) well well,
1: i'm sure you will find it somewhere
0: i've I've definitely seen like episodes of it around but i don't remember where okay yeah 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 but oh, no, it's
1: that's like that's a real season broken. five episode four of fetch of ruffman that will be the detour we take next week Ugh. i'm i'm honestly very excited for it it seems like a weirdo episode
0: so it's time to read the credits looking for the ocean it's produced by me and also by that guy me yes
1: the show is edited by Mark Young, because I actually read the script we have, and don't just say that guy and that guy.
0: Well, I have to keep it fresh. That's what I wanted to do by reading these every week. Our original artwork... Why
1: don't we do it as a Toy Story 2 rap?
0: Uh, oh yeah! Full circle! <laughs> um, to our original artwork was designed by Sarah Knopf. This is a wrap.
1: You can follow us on social media. Facebook looking for the ocean. Instagram, looking for the ocean pod. Twitter, Pixar Journey. Website, looking for the ocean. Pixar.podbean.com
0: You can follow me on MarkYoungPerformer.com and it has my socials. <laughs> I
1: was so hoping you can go, you can follow me, Marky. Marky Mark. E. <laughs> Mark, e,
0: Mark. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll sue me, man. I can't rap and call you can myself follow that.
1: Me, Danny, Blankments on the Boxed, um, listen to my other podcast The Stub Club we talk about movies that got snubbed clubbed yeah yeah we'll see you next good Michaela great that you're on free verse for Michaela
0: what
1: okay yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't feel comfortable <laughs>
3: cool okay bye <laughs> goodbye <laughs>